to the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast every weeknight, Monday through Friday, that is, from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. Folks, go to HagmanandHagman.com there. You can navigate to our various websites, HagmanandHagman.com, for our show information and uh, YouTube presentations. HagmanReport.com for news information, articles, and analysis. Northeast Intelligence Network, um, formerly Northeast Intelligence Network, now my little corner on the on the internet. That's HomelandSecurityUS.com, and of course the book site, which um, will be back up. Um, the book will be back made available here uh, by by tomorrow. Stained by blood. Uh, uh, actually, I uh, jumped the gun and. And made a mistake, and uh, but it'll be back up uh, tomorrow at Amazon, and uh, uh, that's stainedbyblood.com. But anyway, folks, uh, we have a fantastic show yeah. lined up for you tonight. We're going to be talking with uh, prophecy expert, friend of the show, former guest uh, many times, Paul McGuire, to talk about the latest series of terrorist attacks in Europe and these prophetic implications that are carried with these attacks. And uh, yesterday, I sent Paul a message. I said, "Hey, do you have any preference on on?" the show title how would you like a title and he responded belgium terror prophetic warning of terror attacks in america and i went and folks you can go to paul mcguire on uh, paul mcguire's youtube channel and watch his latest video updates uh paul i did take today and took an hour and 14 minutes i think it was and watched your email on the breakdown of the belgian terror attacks and um, it was you more know, than just the It was the great, wasn't it? I mean, yes. it, it was great. Before we get started, folks, I want to remind everyone, portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. Uh, folks, visit WholeTonesLive.com there. You can treat yourself to samples of the music, really, the music of King David. If you're overworked, stressed, or you feel overwhelmed, or under under-motivated, unmotivated, if that's you, well, you're not alone, and Whole Tones Live provides an answer for you through the power, the proven powers of music therapy. More on that later. Um, yeah, and as you were saying, Joe, Paul did a fantastic job uh, with with a breakdown with the, uh, I mean, Paul, in fact, I don't want to use the word prophesized but or predicted but paul had mentioned uh very much about uh, about this happening this taking place these attacks take or attacks like this taking place also uh before we get to our guest uh want to remind people as well portions of nice broadcast brought to you by nuts.com that's nuts.com there visit nuts.com in the microphone box put hh for a very special offer again more on that later without any further ado joe Go ahead. Yeah, we have with us Paul McGuire. PaulMcGuire.us is the website. Uh, his newest book to be coming out shortly is A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. 
And I'm going to bring Paul on. We're going to talk about the uh, 20% off for the Hear the Watchman deal, as well as uh, other specials that are going on. Paul, it was great to see you this last weekend. I know it was short as you had a, other commitments, uh, two conferences you had to do over the weekend, which I don't know how you do it uh, with the traveling there. It uh, took everything out of us and our family <laughs> to travel just back home. Uh, but for you to go on and, and give such a powerful presentation, go on to the next conference. You'd be the man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was uh it was great being at the conference in Dallas and uh it was great seeing you guys and uh the whole conference here the Watchman conference was really uh incredible. Um to meet to 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 meet all those people uh face to face and I would say the vast majority of them <clears throat> if not all of them were uh, uh regular listeners to the Hagman and Hagman uh report program. So to meet these people face to face, you know, was really uh, an honor. And uh, um, because when you do radio, as you guys do, you know, you're talking kind of like to you don't you don't get to see all the people. So we all got to see the people. And then um, it was really a blessing to see uh, that when you guys walked up to the uh, uh, stage and they played the the theme song uh, from your show. <laughs> Just the just the really powerful response uh, from the audience. That I mean, you no, know, it was very touching. The audience really loves you guys, and just uh, you know, to see that visually, um, it was a blessing. Um, plus, to meet all the other speakers, I, I've been with many of them uh, at other conferences, but a lot of a lot of them this is the first time I got to meet them face to face. So, uh, and you know, their guests on your program. So that was, it was a tremendous conference, absolutely tremendous. I mean, it was really unique. I think it was historic, and and most of all, I think that um, uh, God really uh, uh, raised up the conference. Uh, we're all thankful to Mike and Jeannie for putting it on. And God raised up the conference, and the Lord spoke uh, uh, through the speakers. I think the Lord uh, had a powerful message to speak uh, to the people, and I believe he did that. And uh, that, that's the most important thing. And all I know is, you know, I was the, the kickoff speaker, but I was, I was sharing this to my wife. I said, uh, you know, um, when you're a speaker like, like I am, you, you, I know when I speak, I'm saying you, I mean me. Uh, when I'm, when I'm up there and I'm about to deliver a message, I can always tell whether <clears throat> there have been large numbers of people praying and interceding for the conference. Because what, what happens is, is, uh, the, the power of God begins to move and, and come down upon the place. And, and it did. But, I am very acutely aware of the fact that uh, when the presence of the Lord shows up in a meeting like that in an unusual way, it's because people were countless numbers of people were praying. So I'm stepping into something uh, that I that I'm brutally aware of that I did not create, and that was the, the the power of God that was just filling that place. I called it a sanctuary, even though it was a hotel, because God was uh, his his presence was all over the place and. That that's not because of me, the speaker, or any other individual speaker. It's because all the people that were praying. Whereas conversely, uh, you can go to another environment or speak somewhere else, and um, uh, I'm not talking about the conference that I went to afterwards. But but I've been to places uh, over the years where uh, 
uh, nobody has prayed, and 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 it's like it's like pulling teeth. Uh, so uh, this is long-winded, but just God was really there among the people. And I want to remind people that um, um, they can get the DVD co- uh, collection if they were unable to uh, attend the conference, uh, or if they didn't sign up for the live streaming. They can get the uh, ten-set DVD collection. And there's a special going on if they get it now. Uh, I'm including a, a 20% uh, discount coupon on my brand new book coming out uh, called uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. So they get that discount coupon for my book sent to them. Plus there's a discount if they order the uh, 10 DVD set collection of the conference now. And uh, they can get information on how to do that uh, the simplest way is to go to your website, uh, and or they can go to my website where I have a link, and they can read the details of the special. But if people didn't get a chance to actually physically come to the conference, then I would encourage them to get the the 10 DVD set and and watch because there were there were a lot of uh, important messages, and it was an historic occasion. So I, I thank God that it was there, and it was uh, it was. Uh, it was tremendous. I mean, it was really, really tremendous. I, I just can't go on enough about it because I've spoken at countless conferences, and this was very unique and very special. So I was thankful that I was there, as I'm sure you guys were. Yeah, absolutely. And Paul, I got a question. I'm not too familiar with this, but in uh, with any conference that you've done before that have put out DVDs after the fact, how well do the the speakers translate on the DVDs versus the live uh, presentation? Well, the DVD is is the second best thing to being there physically. Obviously, being there physically is is uh, the optimum because you you're there in the immediacy of what's happening. But the DVDs are very very powerful. I mean, because um, I believe well, I believe it's a it's a, a biblically accurate theological term that that when speakers pray before they speak, and I assume all the speakers prayed before they, they spoke, and you have all these people praying for the conference, then I believe God uh, pours out His Holy Spirit and anoints the speakers. And so that anointing on the speakers and and the Holy Spirit uh, uh, speaking through the, the, the speakers, that comes across when you watch the, you watch the, DVD, the DVD. So you get, you receive the same message that the people that physically attended the conference did. So it's very powerful and it's 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 very important and the nice thing about getting the DVDs is you can you know invite people over to uh, to watch them and stuff and uh uh we got reports from all kinds of people that uh, uh had invited people into their homes to watch the conference and God moved people got saved from the uh, watching the conference people got returned to the Lord we we got reports of all kinds of of uh, uh evangelistic things happening and people returning to the Lord and people accepting the Lord and so it's important for people to watch those DVDs because they can invite people over their house and and expose them to that and that's so yeah so again a long-winded answer but yes it carries over and uh, I think people will be greatly blessed by by watching that and getting the DVDs Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, we, uh, we've been a part of a few conferences and, and the, uh, DVDs are always awesome to have, especially the one we went to in Montana, the Whitestone Conference. 
uh, we have that video, or we have that DVD of that conference. And uh, I was I sat there live through every speaker through the whole conference, but there were things that I missed when watching the DVD that were uh, I was glad that I had it. Um, let's jump right into the to the issue tonight, the main issue uh, that we're going to get into and, and want to talk about the uh, Belgium terror attacks that happened, uh, as well as you know the one at the airport, one or two bombs at the airport, plus the subway. You have uh, broken this down, on, and you put together a fantastic uh, video presentation on YouTube. And uh, if you can, kind of lead off with that, what you what you said on your YouTube video a little bit, because it has implications to each and every Christian here in America as well. Well, <clears throat> the first thing that happened, um, you know, I had got, I had, uh, uh, was the kickoff speaker at the Dallas conference, and then I had to leave uh, the following morning to fly uh, far away to another state to speak four times at another conference. And so, like, I was burned out when I came back to L.A. And then I, I guess I'm losing my time frame here, but as I recall, uh, I woke up um, uh, exhausted from the trip, but I, but I. You know, I'm finishing up this book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, and so I got up really, really early in the morning, and I have been to, to write. And then when I got up really early in the morning, I had turned on the television to, look, to, to, to watch the news, and I saw, you know, the the footage of the uh, attack in uh, Brussels uh, at the uh, airport near the uh, American Airlines terminal and another Ameri- uh, a Delta terminal. And then, of course, reports came in that there was a uh, an attack near a, I believe it was a Starbucks. So that, would, to me, obviously was a signal by the terrorists. I don't think they chose the lo- the locations accidentally. I think it was a message to America. I think it was designed to strike Europe, but it was also uh, a message to America because American companies were the proximity of, of uh, at least two of the uh, places where the attacks occurred, and you know, on at one hand, early in the morning, as I'm um, writing the book, and, and at the same time, I, I put down the book and I'm uh, glued to the TV screen. On one hand, I'm not surprised that it happened. I don't want to sound callous, but on the other hand, it's always horrifying to see this stuff go go off. You know, it's it's horrifying, yeah. and. Um, but immediately, I I just felt immediately as as I'm watching it, you know, this is coming to America soon, and uh, you know, most likely plans are all already underway, um, because they're in, they're esca- the terrorist groups ISIS are they're escalating their attacks in Europe, and uh, of course America is you know uh, uh, probably their their prime target, and so the the. The attacks are coming to America soon, and and this is what at least our intelligence uh, people are telling us. But common sense tells you that. So I was, I was just like gripped with concern, like I because the first thing I, I I said to myself when I turned it on is that it's coming here. I mean, you know, you can just feel it. And so um, then, um, as I'm processing the thoughts that it's coming here, and that that this is. To anybody who's spiritually discerning, that anybody who who has any either common sense or ability to have logic or reason, or any uh, ability to to hear the Lord or to perceive the Lord, 
uh, it's obviously a warning for what's coming to America. That that sense of heaviness came upon me immediately, and and I'm I'm struggling through the the final uh, part of writing this book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, which you know is available for pre-order in the the thing with the DVDs, but. I'm struggling through that, and that's it's, this is one of the central messages in the book that I was writing when I turned on the TV, and that is, when I said it's coming here, the other thing that that I, I immediately uh, uh, sensed was that God doesn't want it to come here, and that God would like to spare our nation. In other words, it's not a fait accompli, uh, that, that it has to happen. And that, and this this tied into the message I gave at the conference in Dallas, was that um, it's happening in Europe. It's going to come here, but see, then we don't go into like a fatalistic mode. We 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 what God's people do in terms of praying, repenting, and seeking His face, and asking God for His supernatural protection uh, for our nation and His supernatural. Intervention and asking him to uncover uh, terrorist uh, uh, plots, etc. So, so what's what is supposed to happen when God's people see this? Obviously, a prophetic warning to the United States of great danger. What is supposed to happen is God's people are supposed to go into a spiritual state of emergency, if you will, and that's what I recorded. In the YouTube, and of course the YouTube is free. Anybody who wants to watch it, it's an hour and 14 minutes. Uh, it's a message that you have on your website. I have at my website, PaulMcGuire.us. But the 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 key is what is supposed to happen is that God's people 24/7 are supposed to declare a spiritual state of emergency and to begin fasting and praying and repenting and seeking the Lord immediately because. Um, evil is coming our way very quickly, and if we don't cry out to God, if we don't intercede, if we don't repent, and I'm talking about 24-7, I'm talking about the declaring a spiritual state of emergency, then God, um, if we please the Lord in our prayers and we cry out to Him, God can supernaturally intervene and soften, uh, lessen, block, prevent, uh, have terrorists apprehended, so disaster doesn't necessarily have to strike in all its fullness in the United States, conditionally, if God's people will really seek his face. Now, what has bothered me, uh, haunted me, haunted me, since 911 has been, we all remember what happened in 911. There was a sobriety among the American people that lasted about three months or so. Uh, a lot of people uh, started going back to church. I remember here in L.A., people were like very, days after the terrorist attack in 911, people were very polite on the freeways. They were courte cur very courteous. People were very courteous to each other in the supermarkets and stuff, which is not the norm in L.A. They're normally rude and cutting in front of each other. People were very respectful. They were very humble. They were introspective. A lot of people were going back to church. Uh, the churches, people were praying, and this sense of spiritual sobriety and thankfulness to God lasted, as we all know, about three or four months at the most. And then it was people went back to business as usual, partying and forgetting all about God. And so, so here again, we have another strike, which which is an indicator of what is going to happen to America. And you do not see 
what should be happening, which is this uh, Christian leaders, pastors, churches, and individual uh, Christians heeding the urgency of what is clearly a prophetic warning to uh, God's people in America. It's a call to prayer. And you, you, you see a, a remnant and, and isolated groups praying for God's protection, but you see what I said in the, in, in the uh, YouTube message. You see the biggest sin of all, which you don't hear this sin mentioned in churches and among Christians, and, and I called it the denial of reality. When you deny reality, that is a sin before the Lord, because to deny reality, and when I say denying reality, denying the reality of the fact that the terrorist attacks are going to happen in America, that's a reality. When we deny that reality, what we're doing is we're rejecting truth, and we're embracing a lie. So when, when the church or Christians deny reality, they, they look at the, the terrorist attacks in Brussels, which were brutal, they they are frightened and then they they go into a state of denial about the fact that it's going to happen here they make believe it's not going to happen here and then they go on with their ordinary lives and what i call playing church so they deny reality and and and, and remain in kind of like a fantasy world where they think everything's going to be okay because they deny reality what they should be doing is acknowledging reality embracing reality and reality is saying you're going to have terrorist attacks here you better get on your face before god and pray and ask god to supernaturally intervene so that children men and women don't have to be blown to bits but it's going to it's going to require that you accept reality and really begin to pray seriously urgently 24 7 uh, churches in America, all across America, there should be 25,000, 100,000, 500,000 churches or whatever opening their doors 24-7 for emergency prayer and intercession meetings, crying out to God for a supernatural protection. But we don't see that. What we see is uh, American Christians and the church at large seeing the disaster and horrors of Brussels, knowing that it's going to happen here, or at least they should know it's going to happen here. And by the way, the plans of these guys were to target a nuclear power plant. Um, and if that had happened, all hell would have broken loose in Europe. So it's going to happen here, and and the church across the board should be blowing the trumpet. People should be fasting and praying and crying out to God like the pilgrims and Puritans did, and really taking this warning seriously. Because look, it's going to happen here. It's it's mathematically 100%. We're going to wake up and people are going to be blown to bits here in America. Uh, I don't know when and how, but it's going to happen. And God wants us to heed the warning from Brussels, and he wants to spare us this. But unless we pray and ask for a supernatural protection, then there is no restraint on this force of evil. So... First, there has to be the repentance of the denial of reality. And as I said in the YouTube, uh, probably the, 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 the biggest illustration I can think of historically about the denial of reality is what happened in Nazi Germany. And, and we all remember the historical statement that the Jews and others made in, in Germany. They all said repeatedly in Germany while Hitler was taking over and doing his horrible things in the Holocaust. Everybody kept saying over and over again publicly, it can't happen here. It can't happen here. 
while the Holocaust was going on. They were denying that it was going on. And they said that the Holocaust didn't exist. They said the Holocaust, uh, it's not true. Those were just rumors and paranoia. So they denied reality by saying it can't happen here. And, and then monstrous things occurred in Germany. Now, here in America, we're doing the exact same thing. It's this denial of reality that, that allows all kinds of evil to flourish. We're, we're kind of saying it can't happen here. And we're kind of entering a state of make-believe. Because if we really did believe that a threat was imminent in the United States of America, and it is, by the way, not only would we be seeking God 24-7 in prayer, but we would be on the job and demanding uh, our, that our elected representatives from both parties get off their posteriors and uh, uh, immediately stop the infusion of potential Islamic terrorists from pouring through uh, our open borders. Because the reality is that the reason this is happening in Brussels and France and Europe is they have allowed for many years now, they've allowed, they have opened the doors to a massive tide of immigration from Muslim nations. And now I'm not saying all Muslims are terrorists, but they have welcomed so many Muslims from militant Islamic nations and now all these Syrian uh, immigrants that they have there's a certain percentage again not all Muslims are terrorists but there's a certain percentage which are either terrorists or sympathetic to terrorist organizations they've allowed the enemy in the gates so it shouldn't surprise you that the bombs are going off but we're doing the same thing here in the United States and everybody's complacent the church isn't praying, and if that continues, we all know that if that continues, any day we can turn on the TV and there will be a terrorist attack on the United States, and it may well be worse than 911. And I, you know, if that scares people, I'm sorry, but they need a reality check. They need a they need a bucket of cold ice water thrown in their face. They need to get real and stop playing church. I turn on Christian television. And I want to vomit because I see this nonsensical preaching that has nothing to do with anything of reality. I see people going to church. Yeah, it's Easter. I'm very thankful that Easter is coming. Okay, I'm very thankful for the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I intend to honor the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you have to apply the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to the reality in which you live in, and all hell may break loose very soon in America unless we wake up fast and and when i say wake up fast that means christians because we're the only ones that can seek god and ask for his intervention and if we don't ask for his intervention if we simply trust in our human strength and ability we're going to get hit hard and i pray uh that we don't get harder than hit harder than brussels and i pray that we don't get hit, hit harder than 911 you know what? Let me ask you a couple of questions, Paul, because you, um, and, and folks, if you have not read Paul's, uh, previous book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, please do so. I mean, and I know that your new book, um, Prophecy of the Future of America 2016, 2017 is coming out, the expanded version. Order that book, Mass Awakening. Every book, every book that you've written has been, I mean, right on target geopolitically and uh, domestically, all of this. But my question to you, I've got like 
a bunch, but let me start out by asking you this, and this might be, the questions might be out of order. We know that there will be a terrorist attack on the scale of Brussels or greater here in, in this country, and you said it yourself, it's a mathematical certainty. My my question, immediate question upon hearing that, what do you think is going to be the response? Now, I know I know you don't have a crystal ball, but given the climate in America today, what do you think would be the response by Americans if that would happen, we'll say, at JFK or, or elsewhere, anywhere else? Well, that is a very, very important question. I mean, that is a really... I couldn't think of a more important question because because this is a place people want to don't want to go to in, in their minds because they don't want to face reality, which again is the sin of denying reality. Denying reality is a sin. People people are all upset about people that smoke and curse and stuff like that, and you know uh, um, they're always upset by superficial sins, and they don't understand that it's not that God is pleased with superficial sins but what god is really concerned about is the deep core sins people will always get hung up on the superficials and your question demands that you look at the deep issue and the deep issue is this if we wake up in the morning and we get a a, a significant terrorist attack and what happened in san bernardino by the way was very minor i mean it's not minor for the people who lost their loved ones it certainly wasn't minor but that is very minor uh, compared to what could happen. If we wake up, and we will, by the way, and there is a significant terrorist attack, um, the environment that that the social and spiritual uh, and other environments that we live in now, I was thinking about this earlier today as I was praying for the program, and I, I always pray before I, I, I write the book. I agonize in prayer when I write these books because I because I don't want it just to, to be coming out of my human imagination. But I was, in the middle of the night, I was thinking about uh, if another terrorist attack hit the United States of America. And it's very interesting that you would ask me the question the way you asked it. But in the middle of the night, and it was last night, I was thinking about the very thing you just asked me. And it, it, this picture came to my mind of the United States uh, essentially um, being on a, a, a sea of glass, like, like glass, like the entire American society uh, and every system of our society and all the people is built on, on glass. And, and this is what I was thinking of. This picture dropped into my mind last night in, in the middle of the night as I was thinking about a terrorist attack on the United States. And if there is a terrorist attack on the United States, glass can be a strong substance, we all know that. But if it is struck hard and quickly, it shatters violently. And it, you know, everybody's seen uh, automobile windshields, you know, take the impact of glass and the cracking and everything, or the spirals go everywhere. So our entire society is built on the fragility of glass, and if we were to get struck by a terrorist attack, our, our economic, our social foundations, and all the other foundations may very well crack and splinter like glass. 
So, so, so there's an impact point. Let's say the terrorist attack occurs on the East Coast or the West Coast. There's an impact point, but then the glass shatters and it spreads everywhere. Now, this is very weird, and people are going to think I'm crazy and I'm super spiritual for saying this, but it just, it just came to me. And, and people are going to probably think, you know, it, it begs being credible, but I'm, I'll say it anyway. About six months ago, I was in my backyard where we have a, had a, had, uh, a glass uh, a tabletop. It's, it was all glass. And um, I was careless. I, 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 I was careless in moving it. I think I was going to throw it away or something. I was careless in moving it, and it was thick glass, and it had the diameter of about three feet, and it was heavy. And it just jarred against uh, uh, something cement, and it caused that glass to shatter. And that glass tabletop, which was about an inch thick of solid glass, shattered into what looked like a billion pieces of sharp glass. So, So the impact caused that glass to shatter all over the place and it took forever to clean it up and as this happened I was asking myself you know, not, not super spiritual or anything I was, I was, saying, oh, it's just something. I was just wondering before the Lord I said to the Lord are you trying to, to, to tell me something and I don't you know not everything that happens to me I, I don't ask the Lord I said I don't ask the Lord are you trying to tell me something but in this particular case I did I said Lord are you trying to warn me about something Okay, and I couldn't think of anything that he was trying to warn me about. And, um, but I had the sense that perhaps he was, and I had forgotten about it. This was a number of months ago. And I had completely forgotten about it until just this second when you asked me that question, and I related, and then I began to think about this picture that dropped into my mind last night. And then for the first time in many, many months, I thought about of what happened when that glass broke. And I, and I asked the Lord the question, are you, were you trying to tell me something or warn me? And again, I forgot about it, but when you asked me the question, the, the two things came together. The picture that I had in the middle of the night and my recollection, recollection of the glass shattering. And I would say that they're both applicable to American society. If we have a terrorist attack, it shatters. We live, we live in what appears to be a strong foundation of a society, but in reality, it's like glass, and it can shatter into a billion pieces. And when that glass shattered in my backyard, it was very dangerous because it, it wasn't safety glass. All the glass pieces were like knives. And so if we have a terrorist attack, we don't have the, the, the cultural climate of let's say 30 or 50 years ago when people had a, a, a common Judeo-Christian belief system of honesty and integrity and loving thy neighbor as thyself we live in a very very unstable uh, cultural social environment in the United States in which um, there are various parties attempting to stir up racial tension political divisions social tension and every time uh, of every kind our society is at each other's throats uh, on every level. So if there's a terrorist attack and there's a disruption, all hell could break loose. There could be demonstrations, there could be violence, there could be uh, disruption of, of, of traffic, there could be uh, uh, runs on food stores. I mean, all hell could break loose. And people need to understand that, the fragility of our society right now. We see this in some of the uh, political rallies 
and what goes on outside of the political rallies, all hell could break loose. So if we have a terrorist attack, and then we have in the external society all hell breaking loose, or chaos and riots and violence, then there is an inevitable consequence, which is we have uh, a militarized police patrolling the cities to, to, to stop the violence, and it potentially could escalate into a situation of martial law where a state of emergency is uh, declared and we, we, we are ruled uh, by a military to, to stop the chaos. Now, um, and that's because our society is so, is so uh, explosive. The tensions are just very, very, so we live in a very, we, you know, Doug, what you asked, and I knew you knew a lot of the answer before you asked me, we, we live in this ex society that's ready to rupture and explode. So that is the consequences of what could happen if there were a series of terrorist attacks uh, or there was to be a major terrorist attack. Now, the, 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 the question is, can we prevent that? What can we do as Christians to prevent that? And I'll, I'll, I'll say two things, or, or forgive me for interrupting if you want to go. No, no, I'm just I saying we, we, we can prevent that, and, and, I, and, I, and, and we need to prevent that. That's all I wanted to say. Um, but, but yes, I, I truly believe that, uh, and which, which kind of goes into my, my, my other question as well. Why, for example, haven't we had a terrorist attack like Brussels here in the United States? Because it, it certainly, it can't be the effectiveness of the TSA when, when they, you know, allow 73, um, 73 terrorists to, to work, uh, you know, inside. It's not the effectiveness of our security apparatus. So that brings me to, to things like, you know, the, you know, who's controlling what. Um, you know, so anyway, but I'm going to get out of your way now, and uh, you go ahead and, and, and take it. Well, um, what, what, you know, whatever, there, there's, there's multiple things going on at, on, on multiple levels, et cetera. So, but the thing, but the thing is, if there is a terrorist attack, then there's the very real possibility of some kind of, uh, 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 Mass chaos or social disorder, and which would, would require militarization uh, to restore order, and then there's a loss of free, freedoms. So, so the chaos brings that. So that's why we're in a very fragile uh, situation, and there's the the heightened danger. There's the danger of the whatever happens during a terrorist attack, and there, then there's the even more dangerous danger of how a terrorist attack or a series of terrorist attacks affects the, the social, economic environment of the nation. Because like the glass I was describing, which shattered and it spreads very quickly when glass shatters, the cracks just go across large surfaces. So if there's a terrorist attack in several locations or one no location, it can cause a, a fracturing or shattering of the glass of society you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast or whatever, and, and cause all kinds of disruption. So that is really the greater danger than the, the, the consequences or the impact of the terrorist attack is actually far more dangerous than the terrorist attack. So going back to that, we have to ask ourselves, 
about the denial of reality. And if we're going to continue to deny reality, which begins with denying the fact that we will have a terrorist attack here, and then if we deny reality by pretending or entering a a self-permitted uh, a state of make-believe where we pretend uh, by believe by creating a lie we pretend that there won't be any external impact to a terrorist attack we, we pretend that it will not disrupt our society on every level we, we, we pretend that things will continue to go on uh, uh, as they always do and we pretend that things will stay normal after uh, a series of uh, uh, heightened terrorist attacks in the United States that's not true it will disrupt every aspect of our life because we're in a highly fragile uh, situation. This this election uh, exposes the fragility and the tensions that are boiling beneath the surface in American society right now. All kinds of things uh, are, are are coming through this election um, in terms of the frustration of the American people and, and the frustration of different groups in American society. So we're in, a, we're in a volatile, explosive situation. So it's like walking into a, um, a room filled with uh, gasoline cans, filled with gasoline that are leaking, and it's like lighting up a cigarette and throwing the, the match down on the ground. You're, you're liable to blow that place to kingdom come. So that's America right now. So, so having said that, the, the, the acknowledgement of reality, which is the acknowledgement of truth, and Christians are supposed to be living in a state of truth, not in a state of lie, a lie, which is a denial of reality. So a state of truth requires that we understand what, what you just outlined, which are, the, which are the obvious consequences of a terrorist attack on a, on a national level. So then what is our response after we accept reality? Our response is to accept ownership and to fully understand that God has placed us here for such a time as this to make a difference and to and to temper whatever impact occurs. So if there's a strike or the, the, the shattering effect uh, after a strike, this is a, a call to God's people to not wait until afterwards when they're, you see, God is offering a choice to his people, and God is offering a choice to every single one of your listeners. They can go to God now and humble themselves and cry out to God now, voluntarily, and they can, the churches and the pastors can, can open their churches now, voluntarily, 24-7, for prayer and repentance for our nation. They can do it voluntarily, or they can wait till after calamity or disaster hits, and they will be driven to their knees, and the churches will be driven to their knees by the horrific impact of a terrorist attack. One way or another, God is saying, you're going to go, you're going to go down on your knees and cry out to me. You can do it voluntarily. That's what I would prefer you do, to do, and I would prefer to supernaturally intervene. That's what God is saying. But if you choose not to, you will be driven to your knees by the, the pressure uh, of, and the impact of the attacks. One way or another, you're going to go to your knees. So God would prefer that God's people pray and intercede and get involved and act as a buffer uh, to, 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 to the impact that could happen to our society. And never underestimate the power, never underestimate the, the enormous power 
that can be re- released through uh, people who are really crying out to God in the face of God. So if we do it now, then we have the opportunity to release the power of God on our nation and to release uh, the power of God on the people to pray for law enforcement, to pray for our leaders. And if we do that, you see, then God, uh, because God works in partnership with us, God doesn't work independently from us unless he chooses to. Most often, God works in partnership with us. So if we are in deep prayer, intercessory prayer, then God tempers the decisions of our leaders. He can cause them to move this way or that way. We can see God's supernatural intervention. We can see God's divine protection over our nation before the calamity happens. And and so I really believe that, I believe this with all my heart, and I was writing it in my book, A Prophecy of America, 2016-2017, and it's part of what I said at the Dallas conference. I believe with all my heart, I don't want to overstate it, but, but, but I believe with all my heart that God is calling all of his people to obey, and I said this in the YouTube, that God is calling all of his people to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we know the Holy Spirit is God. God is calling all of his people to respond in obedience and to begin to seek his face, to repent um, over the sins of our nation, our own sins, to cry out to him for mercy, deliverance, protection, to pray for all those in authority above us, uh, to intercede, which means to pray for others, to pray for our elected officials, to stand in the gap. I believe that God is commanding, not asking, I believe God is commanding his people to come into a place of obedience and to pray and to cry out to him. And if God's people will respond in obedience to his command, he's not. this is not a request, this is a command being made by God for our own good. If we will obey the Lord and begin to pray and intercede and be the people we're supposed to be and, and not play church, we can see God supernaturally intervene, supernaturally rescue, run interference, and really America is in the hands of God. So right now, because we have not done that, America is in the hands of man. And uh, what that means, when America is in the hands of man, that means it's like our entire society of America is on a foundation of glass ready to shatter, because that's what being in the hands of man means. It's having an entire nation on a glass platform that can shatter at any moment. But if we would obey the command of the Lord and cry out to him now before disaster strikes, then we transfer the foundation of our society out of the hands of man, which is the the glass foundation, and by praying and crying out to God, we, 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 we release God to become the foundation of our society, so our society, to whatever degree, is now in the hands of God. And in the hands of God, our society has the opportunity for supernatural protection and divine intervention. That's how serious it is. And anybody who's preaching sermons and giving messages from a pulpit or Christians or prayer groups or meetings or discussions or prayer meetings or home groups or whatever, anybody who's talking 
and does not acknowledge rationally and coherently the threat level and how dangerous it is right now and does not take whatever leadership position they have and and to obey the Lord by initiating the level of prayer that God is commanding his people to do whoever those people are they are accountable to God for disobeying and ignoring the voice of the Lord because I believe very very strongly the Lord is speaking uh, quite clearly uh, to America right now and we either obey his voice or we suppress his voice and suppressing his voice by the way again is the denial of reality absolutely one of the biblical examples is that of Jonah going to Nineveh telling the city to repent and the Lord withholding his judgment and uh, obviously Jonah not wanting to carry out uh, the mission for the Lord tried to run and hide and uh, caused a lot of trouble for the ship he he escaped onto ended up in the belly of a whale for three days being put to Nineveh where the Lord needed him to give the message and Nineveh repented and it saved them what was a hundred years uh, of judgment right and right. you know we're not talking about secular people here. We're not talking about the even the lukewarm Christians. We're talking about God's people, uh, united right. and like mind. It doesn't have to be a countrywide effort. It has to be a remnant-wide effort. Right. Well, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, it's not going to be uh, the majority of Christians. They're not going to heed the call, and they're not going to obey the call, and it won't even be. Uh, a majority. It will be, as you said, Joe, it will be a remnant. It will be a minority of Christians. But as you said, if that remnant, if that minority of Christians who hear the voice of God and choose to obey it uh, will do what you always talk about, Doug, man their, their positions and begin to pray and intercede seriously and cry out to God, it only takes a remnant it only takes a dedicated minority spiritually to uh, release the power of God over a nation. And it's not the will of God. You know, there's a lot of people whose, whose theology is bent and distorted by their own uh, finite human opinions. And so they bend, they, they pretend to be God in their analysis. It is not the will of God that horrific harm uh, happens to our nation, because there's people that would rise up and say, oh, you know, America is worthy of the judgment of God. Well, you know, get off your high horse and quit playing God. God's the judge, not you. The very fact that that we have the conversation, (laughs) the very fact that we have the uh, conversation, and the very fact that God has given us the opportunity, and the very fact that uh, God is commanding his people to pray before something happens is in of itself evidence of God's desire, which is that it is the desire of God for the sake of his remnant. It's the desire of God to supernaturally protect and rescue his children because he loves them, just like he rescued the children of Israel. Whenever the children of Israel sought the face of God in the Old Testament, God rescued them. And so if God's people in America uh, will seek the face of God... God will intervene. But if God's people are stiff-necked, they will go into captivity. I mean, this is the, these are biblical principles that recycle throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And God, you know, doesn't change. So if we're going to be stiff-necked 
and harden our heart and, and pretend that God... See, right now, there's a collective denial and lie going on. And the collective denial and lie is the denial of reality where people know in, in their spirits and in their minds that, 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 that danger is at hand, but they pretend that everything's okay. Well, you're, in, you're rejecting the truth and you're embracing the lie, and there can be horrible consequences to that. And that's not, it's not God's desire. Just like it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should, should not perish but have everlasting life. Because it's not the will of God that anyone should perish. That's why he sent Jesus. See, it's not the will of God that anyone should perish. But even more so, regarding his remnant, people that God loves, those are God's children. He delights and loves his people enormously. You know, he, he loves, God is, loves his people enormously, even if they're imperfect. He loves them enormously, and it is the desire of God, like a good, loving, heavenly father, to deliver and to protect his people. But because he operates within his own laws, all he asks is that God, that his, that his own people hear his voice, cry out to him for help, and pray, and then God will step in. So, you know, it's not the desire of God for, for destruction and, and chaos and, and horror to, to break loose. Remember that in these historical examples that I have given, like what happened in Nazi Germany and what happened in uh, Russia, etc., and, and, and I can hear what people think. They, they say, well, you know, uh, uh, God, uh, uh, you know, there's revival breaking out all over communist China because of the persecution of uh, the communist Chinese government, so let's welcome it. Well, there's a fatal flaw in that kind of theological analysis by comparing America with China. And here's the fatal flaw. And this is, and this is what happens when you're lazy with your thinking. Lazy thinking is, is, is you, don't, you don't do your homework. You don't really think through properly what you've said. And you don't analyze it and integrate it in light of what the scripture really teaches. So people will say, well, you know, look at communist China. God, you know, the church never grew more than when it is being persecuted. Well, the problem with comparing the destiny of America with the experience of China and Russia and Nazi Germany is this. America was founded oh, largely yeah. as a Christian. Yeah. Can you hold that thought? We are up against yeah, the top absolutely. of the hour break. Yeah. Folks, we'll be back with Paul McGuire, his website, paulmcguire.us. His upcoming book, you can get pre-order, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. He'll be with us for the rest of the show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Yeah, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this special broadcast of the Hagman Hagman Reporter. Very special guest, Mr. Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. 
uh, I, one of my favorite people to listen to, to speak with, to talk to. Um, I could listen to this man for days because he's got so much powerful information. Uh, a prolific author, folks. If you haven't gotten the Babylon Code, my goodness, he just, what a fantastic read that is. An upcoming a prophecy of the future of America, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. I can't wait for that. Pre-order that because it, I mean, I know I did. Um, my wife did, I believe. Um, and if not, he, we're certainly going to do that today. I think we did that last time you were on, but uh, I can't wait to get that either. And it's it's going to be so great. So uh, before we get back to Paul, I want to mention, folks, if you're sick and tired as we are, um, unmotivated a lot of times, or sick and tired of being stressed out and overwhelmed and unmotivated, if if, that, if that's you, well, you're, you're not alone. If you feel like life sometimes runs you, <laughs> we do that. It, it, it's It's... Life is, life is hectic. Finally, folks, you can experience right now, and, and I love this because you can experience the proven powers of music therapy. You know, um, wholetoneslive.com. Whole Tones, they've got a wonderful product. Wholetoneslive.com is the website that's, that's created for our little, for, well, for our audience, wholetoneslive.com. They've got a collection of proven music therapy that can help reduce stress, ease your mind, and motivate you. Now, you can get started today and listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and inspires at wholetoneslive.com. We've gotten so many emails, and feel free to send in your emails with your experiences, because we do pass them along to Michael Turrell. Uh, Terrell uh, from Whole Tones, and and he loves to read your responses. But we got one that that said, you know, I started playing Whole Tones during my work day. Not only was I more creative and motivated, the work I was doing seemed easier and clearer. Well, again, when we had Michael Terrell on our show, he explained how this music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David. Go to his website. Go to the website and download a free sample at WholeTonesLive.com. Support this broadcast and go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTones, that's with a W, W-H-O-L-E, WholeTonesLive.com. Again, our very special guest, Mr. Paul McGuire, PaulMcGuire.us. His book, Upcoming, a Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. If you, if you liked A Prophecy of the Future of America, the original edition, which I'm holding up here for YouTube viewers, right here, can you see it? Then you're going to love what's coming. Uh, well, may, well <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say you're going to love what's coming, because we know what's coming. <laughs> Paul, uh, go ahead and pick it up. Uh, yeah, go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, there's... The, the, the new book is entirely new. It's all new material. But if people see the cover, uh, the cover represents uh, trem- there's there's a warning, but there's tremendous hope. And that's uh, um, if people can't see the cover on on your website. The cover uh, essentially shows a, God's uh, power and His glory descending upon America. Uh, so there's tremendous hope. In the book, even though it's, it, there's, there's a tough message in the book uh, and tough analysis, there's also tremendous hope, and, and not fake hope, hope an- anchored into the reality of God. So back to what I was talking about before we went into the break, uh, you hear a lot of people that um, kind of like welcome uh, 
uh, persecution, et cetera, and, and, and problems on America and Christians. And their basis of doing that is is comparing America with uh, communist China or what happened in Russia or Nazi Germany. But here's the thing. Uh, yeah, it's true there's an underground church in China, and that is, uh, there's tremendous revival. But the different people need to understand and remember what America is all about. The difference between communist China and America is that America was founded largely by uh, biblical Christians, pilgrims and Puritans, who had a deep uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, who loved the Bible, and entered into a covenant with God based on Deuteronomy 28, which essentially, as I've said many times in your program, if you if they worshipped the biblical God, didn't have idols, and obeyed God's commandments, then all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 would, would be poured out upon the nation. And we've seen that happen to America. We've seen an unprecedented blessing upon America. And, um, yeah, there were people in the Illuminati and Freemasons and secret societies that were also a part of the founding of America. We deal that with that in our book, The Babylon Code, uh, which, last time I looked, was the number one uh, selling prophecy book on Amazon in the world. And we deal with all that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm fully aware of uh, the effect that there were Illuminists and Freemasons, et cetera, involved at the founding of America. But America was foundationally founded by pilgrims and Puritans, uh, Christians. So that, so all the freedoms we have in our society, Bill of Rights, Constitution, the fabric of our society being Judeo-Christian, um, makes America completely different than the other nations of the world. And that's, you know, people don't like the term American exceptionalism, but America is exceptional because of its biblical roots. So conversely, China, um, the, the origins of China go way back to, to the ancient religions, which are occultic, uh, of, of Chinese philosophy and the uh, emperors in China uh, has an entirely different heritage and origination point. And then, of course, through Chairman Mao, there was a horrible, bloody revolution, a communist revolution, and we, uh, you know, essentially have a communist society in, in China. So you can't compare the two because China was never built by Christians and given a plan. Uh, to be a platform of the preaching of the gospel, in the same way Russia wasn't, and Germany uh, was to some degree, but forfeited because it rejected the Bible. So America has a destiny that the other nations don't have. And if American Christians were obeying the Word of God, they would have been always faithful to do what Jesus Christ said, which is to occupy until I come. And what that means for us as American Christians is we're commanded by God to occupy spiritually and in a law-abiding, peaceful way our nation and protect it from evil. We're to be stewards of our nation. So America's different. And, and I know that people in the school system and the media brainwashes people uh, and, and, and through historical revisionism, try, you know, completely distorts the reality of what America is all about. But America has a divine destiny, and it is the job of a remnant to preserve that destiny so God's destiny for America can be, can be released. Now, and, you know, I don't want people to, to go. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're exactly right, Paul. And just doing some research I've been doing, um, 
we had a guest on a few weeks ago, Chris Pinto. He's written, he's done a number of yeah. filmmaker uh, DVDs, and he has a, a movie. It's actually free, available on YouTube, "The Hidden Faith of the Founding Fathers." It coincides with some research I've been doing. You know, and you're right when you say this is a Christian nation. The people uh, who came and settled here were uh, well, by far, in the majority. You know, upward of nine, were ninety some percent were uh, actual Christians, Bible believing Christians. The leadership and the people who set the Constitution up, though the founding fathers, I've learned some some truths that were hard to uh, accept in my in my research. And regardless of what their intentions were, what they did set up did allow God's people to be here and prosper. And as long as and, and you said something key earlier, you know they were obedient back then. Uh, they were obedient to His Word. It wasn't just lip service and, and Sunday on ch- uh, church on Sunday. They lived it on a day-to-day basis uh, as they continued to not only settle and grow here, but but prosper. And uh, the, you know, morals of this country have obviously been stripped, and we see the continuation of that and the intensification of the falling away. But, you know, the population, regardless of the uh, the leadership or what they intended to do with this country, was, you know, 98% Christian in their beliefs and that is what made america great was the god-fearing people who settled here uh looking for a new life uh under freedom with god yeah absolutely and and it's interesting that you bring up chris pinto because after i left dallas uh i i spoke at a conference where chris was one of the speakers and just this past weekend chris and i spent several hours together hanging out in the airport in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and talking and comparing notes. So, uh, oh, wow. He's okay. a, he's a, yeah, yeah, so he's a great guy. And we, we talked a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And we, uh, by comparing notes, he does a lot of research. I do a lot of research, but we were able to help each other. So, so given what's happening now, you know, with this uh, uh, terrorist Attack, which I believe is coming to America soon. Now, when I say that, it doesn't mean it has to happen or express itself in, in a full manner. But that's based, that that is all contingent upon this. You know, in the in the, the back of the dollar bill, it says, "In God we trust." So, so I mean, are are we trusting in God or is it just lip service? If, as the remnant or the people of God, we're simply trusting in our military and our economic system or whatever then we are going to experience disaster. But if we recognize that it's God that is our ultimate source of protection, and that doesn't mean we don't do the practical things. We do do the practical things. But we, we, but we look to God to be our ultimate source of protection, as the pilgrims and Puritans did, then we, then we don't have to walk in a state of fear about uh, things that are happening. See, in, in Europe... Uh, I was in France right after the Charlie Hebdo attacks. And Europe, and, this, and specifically France, is a product of the French Revolution, which is completely different than the American Revolution. The French Revolution is very similar to what the United Nations uh, has in mind uh, in terms of rights for the world. And the French Revolution produced a man-centered society um, uh, built on the ideas of man, and it was man-centered. So it's not an accident that flowing from the French Revolution came the Communist and Socialist Revolutions, and the United Nations comes out of the French Revolution. 
So there I was in Paris a week after the Charlie Hebdo attacks. And um, everywhere you walk in Paris, you see these monuments to man and the man's reason being God. And that's essentially what the French Revolution was, was the, the deification of man. And man's logic, man's reason, man's science is going to build utopia on Earth. And so as such, uh, in France, they, they don't look to God to protect them. There are no churches crying out to God in intercessory prayer. And this is completely different than uh, what happened in the American Revolution, which was built on prayer, built on revival, built on the Word of God. From the very beginning in America, we've cried out to God, we've looked to God. Where from the very beginning of modern French society, with the French Revolution, which happened around the same time as the American Revolution, they were looking to man, man is God. So two totally different uh, uh, foundations. And our society, we're supposed to be trusting in God. In France, they trust in man. In Belgium, they trust in man. All across Europe, they've rejected God. Um, they've, they've, uh, they've completely uh, refuted the idea of God, and they trust in man, and therefore they, they don't have the supernatural resources. They don't look to God to protect them. They look to their, to their uh, human society, which is failing them at every level. It's failing them economically. It's failing them with the Syrian uh, migration where, uh, you know, the elite who that rule Europe through the European Union, you know, women are getting raped, uh, br brutally raped in, in many uh, uh, European nations right now because of the Syrian males that are coming in. And, um, you know, we're allowing um, uh, 100,000 uh, uh, Syrian refugees are uh, slotted to be uh, allowed in America. Well, what percentage of those refugees will be adherents to militant Islam and want to destroy us? I mean, it's madness to allow people who have a, a religious belief system, I'm not saying all of them, but, but a certain percentage, who have a religious belief system that they want to destroy us, and they think that they're pleasing God through jihad by destroying, killing, and killing us. It's madness to allow them into our society, and we are. So, so back to this uh, uh, um, difference between uh, China and, and Russia, et cetera, and America, is our nation was founded with, a, with a, the purposes of God. It was founded on a biblical foundation. So um, it is not God, it's, it's got not God's desire for our nation to become a communist China. So you can't compare America and its destiny and China and its destiny and Russia and its destiny and Europe and the European Union. They have entirely different destinies. And the destinies are determined by their uh, who's, who began and founded their nations. And our nation, again, is unique in all of human history because it was founded largely by Bible-believing Christians who embedded our, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence, our philosophy, the American can-do attitude, was all embedded with biblical principles. In fact, American optimism, the can-do attitude, the, you know, uh, I can invent this, I can do, you know, I can create something, that whole optimism, that American can-do attitude, uh, American optimism is unique in all the world. They don't have that kind of optimism in France. People don't, 
think of themselves as entrepreneurs in France because it's a socialist society. Their brains are literally neurologically wired. They can't think in terms of optimism, the, the, the average person. Optimism, creating a business, creating anything. Their brains across Europe and Russia and communist China um, are neurologically wired in such a way that they're dependent upon government because that, they've been programmed to be dependent upon government. It's only in America where you have this entrepreneurial spirit so so the, the influence of Christianity upon America far transcends just the Christian religion. The reason we have a Silicon Valley that's exploding with uh, Internet uh, and software inve inventions comes right out of Judeo-Christian thought, which is the Bible. The reason we have uh, airplanes and light bulbs and films and all the technology that, and, and the space program, everything that pours out of America pours out of America because of uh, the Judeo-Christian biblical belief system, which whether it's in rebellion from it or not, and it's currently in rebellion from it, originally uh, people in America believed that we were created in the image of God, and because we were created in the image of God, we could do all kinds of things. We could create all kinds of things. And Judeo-Christian or biblical thinking produces economic prosperity, it produces social prosperity, and look, look. I mean, every day there's an example. We we see uh, Cuba. Okay, we've opened up uh, a relationship with Cuba, a dictatorship, and Cuba, just like every other communist nation, is a is a nightmare horror movie of a nation of brutality, dictatorship, total control. The people are. Poor, they're suffering, oppressed, just like in every communist nation. So the, the the economic philosophy of Bernie Sanders just doesn't work. So the thing is that uh, now we have, now that we've opened up relationships with Cuba, what happens? I don't know how many countless thousands of Cubans are now fleeing Cuba, and they're trying to sneak into the United States of America. Why? because we have these Judeo-Christian freedoms. Nobody, like I said in your program before, nobody is sneaking across the border into Cuba or China or Russia or all these other nations. The only place they're trying to sneak across the border to, and, at, you know, I was watching this ridiculous debate between uh, uh, the head of uh, the, the uh, Univision, the Hispanic or Mexican television network, and an American uh, television talk show host, and he was all angry that we would build a wall. But the reason people from Mexico are fleeing Mexico is because the Mexican government is corrupt. Mexico should be as prosperous as Japan. It's its corruption why people are suffering and they're trying to flee to America. So, so this American way of life, this American dream, all flows out of the Bible. The, the whole Amer everything that's good about America flows out of biblical thought. So, as we talk about these, this, this danger of terrorism, um, we have to, to embrace the biblical thought that made the American dream. And the biblical thought which uh, created the American dream and the American way of life was essentially they viewed God as their source, the source of their protection, the source of their prosperity, the source of their military victory, the source of everything. God was viewed as their source, so that when the pilgrims and Puritans got in trouble and had 
calamities, and terrorism is a calamity, they look to God, capital S as their source. So we have to, in this time of crisis, look to God as our source. It's God that is our protector. And the only people that are going to do that are the, the remnant of believers who believe God. They, they cry out to God. So what should happen, because the Bible never teaches fatalism. There's a lot of Christians running around, especially on the Internet, who are fatalists, and um, the Bible doesn't preach or teach fatalism. Um, we have the opportunity, according to the Word of God, we have the opportunity that when we are threatened with imminent terrorist attacks, we can be fatalistic and allow them to happen. We can deny reality and pretend they're not going to happen. Or we can obey the Word of God, which is kind of like reigniting the American dream originally. We obey the Word of God, and what does the Word of God teach us? Jesus Christ never talked to his disciples. He never told his disciples, I've called you to be fatalism and to go into all the nations of the world and spread a message of fatalism. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples that. And neither did God in the Old Testament teach his people to be fatalists. God said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What that meant is Jesus was saying to his disciples or his followers or his remnant today that you are not victims in reality. You don't just sit here and lie and wait for a terrorist attack and go into a state of fear. You're not victims. That's what Jesus is saying to his people today, his remnant. Jesus is saying, I gave you the keys of the kingdom. I died and resurrected. We're talking about Easter. Well, let's really talk about Easter. Easter's not putting a, a pretty little flower on your lapel, okay? Easter is about the power of the resurrection from the dead. Easter is about God's supernatural power resurrecting Jesus Christ from the dead, which essentially means all things are possible for God. So the power of the resurrection, or the Easter message, truly applied to America in an environment with a potential terrorist threat means this. Jesus Christ gave his followers the keys of the kingdom because of the resurrection. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The keys of the kingdom are the keys of power. Keys of power that transcends what we call reality. In other words, the ordinary Christian has been given the supernatural and authority and power by God through being given the keys of the kingdom to take authority over things like terrorism. They don't understand this in France because they have the product of the French Revolution, which is humanism. We have been given the keys of the kingdom. That means we have the power to bind terrorism. We have the power to loose protection. But the keys of the kingdom don't do any good unless you take them out of your religious pocket and stick it into the lock of reality and the lock of, of what we would call Reality is the expression of beliefs and spiritual power. So you take the keys of the kingdom out of your religious pocket, and you take the key, and you put it into the lock, and you can unlock, for example, God's supernatural protection upon a nation against terrorism. Or you can lock up the demonic powers and the organizational structures that cause terrorism by exercising the keys of the kingdom. God has given his people the power 
to triumph over terrorism, but they have to exercise it, and they have to believe it. In other words, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't get you saved. Believing the gospel of Jesus Christ gets you saved. Hearing about how God can deliver or rescue a nation from terrorism doesn't get the people protected from terrorism. Believing God about what you can do spiritually to protect your nation from terrorism, that unlocks the key. So we're not impotent. We're not helpless. And so if we would, in a sane, rational, non-hysterical manner, but with, with tremendous passion and tremendous energy, begin to educate other people in the remnant or people that we perceive who are in the remnant and use the Internet and use programs like yours and use viral um, um, social media messages and call the remnant to emergency intercessory prayer 24-7. We're, we're going to post that on our website. I'm sure you'll mirror it on your website, the Hagman Report. Absolutely. But we need to spread as a, as a viral message and I can't stress the urgency of this. It has to be rational, and it has to be sane, and it has to be biblical, but it has to be forceful, but forceful uh, coupled with being sane and rational. And we spread a viral message. We're going to be doing it through our website, paulmcguire.us. You'll be doing it through your website and your program. We spread a viral message. I have the free YouTube people can hear on your website or my website. We spread a viral message, and everybody has to take ownership in it. But that's when something goes viral, it's because people put their energy and their passion and their intensity behind spreading a message or a YouTube or whatever, and then it, it reaches millions of people. So in your audience, which is very large, the Hagman Report, Hagman and Hagman audience, there, there exists a, a, a remnant. A sizable remnant. And if every person who listens to your program would take ownership of the potential threat of an imminent terrorist attack and then begin to virally spread the message, and I'm talking about viral, making it go viral through all social media, that we can have a spiritual state of emergency, not hysteria, but a spiritual state of emergency 24-7, and educate people and compel them that they need to begin to pray fast and intercede for our nation as the Bible commands. And if we spread this message and we mobilize people virally through the Internet, and that means people have to get off their posteriors and get into action, then we can mobilize millions of people to go into the throne room of God, seek His face, and ask God together for His supernatural protection upon our nation. Now, when I say that, I know by, by me merely saying that, I introduce a spiritual battle. The moment I said those words, a spiritual battle arises. And the spiritual battle is a stronghold, a satanic argument energized against us, which rises in the minds of many people, where they say falsely, uh, what good will this do? Well, it won't matter. You know, they, they begin to rationalize their unbelief. Because this has nothing to do with me, Paul McGuire. It ultimately has nothing to do with the Hagmans. This has to do with hearing whether or not the voice of the Lord 
is speaking to his people in this hour and whether or not people are going to choose to hear and acknowledge the command of God, the command of heaven, to engage in 24-7 intercessory prayer for God's supernatural protection upon our nation in a time of eminent crisis. If people will choose to obey God and begin to act upon it by praying and spreading the message virally, then we can raise up a standard against the, the evil one that seeks to destroy us, and we can mobilize countless hundreds of thousands of prayer, prayer warriors. But if you're going to entertain thoughts that are nothing more than rationalizations for uh, not obeying God and disbelieving the Word of God by saying lies to yourself, lies like, well, it doesn't really matter what I do, or, uh, you know, God's going to do whatever he's going to do, or, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to do this. See, those are all lies. You're giving yourself permission to be AWOL from the move of God. You're giving yourself permission to disobey the command of God by um, inventing lying rationalizations which excuse you from obeying God. It comes down to, really, what it comes down to this, it comes down to this, are you going to obey God or not obey God? And there's no question that anybody listening who has any ounce of spiritual maturity knows that the voice of the Lord is commanding his people at this hour to rise in prayer like they've never risen before and to confront the supernatural powers of darkness which are behind terrorism and economic crisis and all the uh, numerous uh, dangers that threaten our fragile society, which is literally on a sea of glass right now. If they would take ownership, occupy until I come, and obey the voice of the Lord, there does not have to be a terrorist attack which shatters the fabric of our society like glass shatters. does not have to become reality if God's people will obey him and occupy until he comes through intercessory prayer, fasting, repentance, and everybody manning their stations. In other words, does that, we don't have to see what happened in Brussels happen here. We don't have to see that, but we will see it if we continue on the present moment path of apathy and continue to commit the sin of denying reality. I guarantee you, we will see in the morning, some morning soon, a horrible series of terrorist attacks hitting America. We will see it, inevitably. But we don't have to see it if we will engage God in prayer. And I believe, really, that underneath my humanity, etc., etc., that the Lord is speaking to his people through your program and through other sources. And the question is, will you obey the Lord, yes or no? That's it. That's what it's all about. And, and that is it, um, really. And, and how many people, how many uh, pundits out there, how many talk show hosts are, are, are really promoting this message uh, of repentance and prayer and, and, and prayer for this country? prayer for whatever country you might be in for your country if you're listening to this in Canada or uh, New Zealand or wherever I mean but but particularly in the West we need we need that re- prayer and, re- and repentance you know Paul as I was going through um, one of your books it, it when I heard of the terrorist attacks in, in Brussels and um, in fact I was and I mentioned this during a show earlier this week uh, we, when we were in Chicago 
I had struck up a conversation during a layover. I struck up a conversation with a woman uh, who spent nine hours at the uh, Brussels airport. It would have been the day before the terrorist attack. Um, and she could have certainly been a casualty. Now, of course, the attack did not happen at that time. It was within, I don't know, 12 or 14 hours from that point. But, I mean, the fragility of life, we have to you know, acknowledge our lives. But having said all of that, um, I was reading through, uh, and, I, and I thought of your book, The Babylon Code. And, and folks, The Babylon Code, written by uh, Paul McGuire and uh, uh, Troy Anderson, fantastic read but you, but you talk about um, just to expand this conversation just a little bit obviously we need to pray pray and we need to repent but you know I, I just uh, I, something about the Babylon code that, that you had written that dovetailed with the uh, prophecy of the future of America uh, you know Brussels being the center of European politics Brussels being the the um, having this rich history, not unlike the United States in terms of its rich history and its growth, but that aside, are are, are we not seeing something j- j- just well, something supernatural here? Um, given the fact that this attack occurred in Brussels, well, you know, it could have occurred. In, it could have occurred in in Munich. It could have occurred in. I mean, pick a European city, but Belgium, Brussels, uh, the fact that this is the center of European, the European political union, if you will, to me is significant. Um, and I think that, I guess the reason I mention this is I'm wondering, is, I don't know, the choice of targets, Paul, seems a rather interesting choice, as if there was a choice. I, and maybe there wasn't. Maybe it was a, a target of opportunity, perhaps. Um, but it seems to me like there's this big push for, as you, as you point out, this globalist agenda, this return to Babylon in the Babylon Code. Um, I, I guess, I guess again, to widen it and to go back well, a little bit, do you, do you, you know, what do you see? I mean, what, what, what's your hard telling you about this well what you're saying is really uh, uh, on the money because um, and if people watch the free YouTube which I where I talk about you know what what we're talking about to some degree uh, I embedded pictures in the free YouTube that that's up there that you have and I have on my website of pictures that come from Brussels of the the statue for example of a woman, it's a metallic statue of a woman riding a beast, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the headquarters of the European Union. And by the way, the statue of a woman riding a beast is in front of the European Union headquarters, and I also have that picture embedded into it. And and what the European Union headquarters looks like, deliberately and intentionally by the people who designed it. It's a it's a modern architecture version of the Tower of Babel, and, and and the European Union says that openly. They have actually posters where they show uh, the the ancient Tower of Babel in, in a painting form from an historical painting, and then right next to it they show the modern architecture version of the Tower of Babel, because the European Union um, 
uh, headquarters is a a modern architecture replica by their own admission of the Tower of Babel and the 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 statue uh, the metallic statue of a woman riding the beast which comes right out of a revelation where the woman rides the beast and it refers to <clears throat> the uh, false prophet and the false religion or mystery Babylon the whore <clears throat> riding the beast uh, which is the antichrist system of global government into power so you're right this this is in Brussels so so these it's very interesting you have all these American Christians uh, denying Bible prophecy <laughs> and yet the architects of the European Union and the architects of a global government deliberately chose in Brussels the European Union building is designed by by these men to be a representation of the Tower of Babel. That's their words, not mine. And they, then on top of that, they have, and that's right out of, out of Genesis, and it also speaks of the return of Babylon in the Revelation. And then, to compound that, uh, they have a statue of a woman riding the beast in the front of the building, and that comes out of Revelation and deals with the false prophet and the, and the Antichrist, so the people, and this is in Brussels, um, the people who designed all this are using deliberately, they're fully aware of it, unlike Christian uh, leaders who deny Bible prophecy, they're using Bible prophecy images to create their European Union uh, and their global economic system. And so, yes, this, th these attacks are occurring in Brussels, which is the, uh, uh, the center of the European Union, which many people believe that the European Union is the fulfillment of um, Daniel's prophecy of the revived Roman Empire or the fourth, fourth beast. So Brussels is, even though um, they're, they're not Christians, they're occultic, and, and many of the, the elite are anyway, they use all these uh, symbols of prophecy in um, the headquarters of the European Union. And this is Brussels where the terrorist attacks are are taking place. So yeah, there's something to this, and I think that those that uh, uh, were behind the attacks, they're aware of the the significance of Brussels as a as a global center. Hmm. Okay. Well, it just it, the, the, to me there there's a lot of symbolism here, and not to create symbolism or conspiracy where there is none. But looking at this, and, and looking, you know, understanding what you're saying about how we, as Americans, as people in the of the West, and as Christians, especially, need to repent and exercise uh, prayer, and 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 really make this a priority. You know, we're, we're, we're it's almost as if it's almost as if we are well. We're well. I, I guess you you said it best. I mean, in the absence of prayer, in the absence of repentance, this is what we can expect here in the United States. And I think Brussels, uh, in addition to the obvious, I think that there's a lot of symbolic, biblically symbolic, important meaning behind this. Uh, a message to Christians to to wake up and say, look, you know. I mean, I, I can just imagine God kind of tapping people on the shoulder and saying, do I really need, I mean, do you really need more um, 
I mean, how much more, you know, proof do you need, or how much more, <laughs> uh, how, what else do you need to, to understand what's going on here? And, and I think that, so, and, and I see this common theme through your books, uh, all of them, including, uh, the Babylon Code, which is fantastic, and the Prophecy of the Future of America. You know, if, you're right, if we don't do something right now, man, we're, 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 and if we don't, if we don't do it the proper way, if we go ahead and do, you know, um, Act like we did after 9/11, politically, where we basically um, the pride over had overtaken repentance. It was there was no repentance after 9/11. It was all pride. It was all boastful pride. And I could see that the same thing happening here. And candlelight vigils, you know, um, it's not going to work. Prayer and repentance works. Nothing else. But yeah, it's. So I thought I'd mention that. Well, so, yeah. well no, you're, you're, you're right. And um, the response, for example, in France um, uh, to both uh, of their recent terrorist attacks, you know, there was candlelight visuals, uh, Je suis Charlie, you know, uh, candlelight visuals. And there's candlelight vigils. Um, most likely there will be candlelight vigils or uh, some kind in, in the Brussels attacks. But here's the problem with candlelight visuals. Lighting a candle in some kind of memorial to people who have been slaughtered by terrorists uh, does nothing. Um, um, in, in, does nothing. It doesn't protect. The lighting of the candle does nothing in terms of protecting for the future or, or doing anything about the tragedy that happened in the past. And so Europe is infected with this uh, uh, humanistic, uh, mystical belief system of which Brussels uh, is the center of it because it's the center of the European Union. And the, the woman who rides the beast in front of the EU headquarters in Brussels, Belgium, the name of that woman is the goddess Europa, and um, who supposedly had a relationship with uh, Zeus, but when you go back uh, all the way to the beginning, Europa is is a, a modern uh, uh, reincarnation, and that's simply a metaphor word uh, of of uh, Isis. Now, I, when I just said that, <clears throat> of course, the, there's the oxymoron that Isis. It, it's not an accident that Isis uh, is is the name of a terrorist group, but Isis is also the name of uh, Nimrod's wife, his wife's name, of the Tower of Babel, Nimrod's wife was Semiramis, one of the other names of Semiramis, because she has numerous other names. She is uh, Ishtar and Isis and Aphrodite and the Queen of Heaven and, and Europa. These are, all, these are all the same goddess entity that's worshipped. And isn't it interesting that the terrorist group is called Isis, named after um, Nimrod's wife, but also Europa, which is this uh, female goddess, which also, by the way, is, is Babylon, mystery, mystery Babylon. So there's deep uh, uh, prophecy symbolism and occultic symbolism in here. And if, if America is going to respond, uh, with when America is hit by terrorist attacks, if it responds by just lighting candles, that is a meaningless ritual 
that has no power to do anything. And if that's going to be our response in America, that's like singing Kumbaya, it means absolutely nothing. So our response should, should not be to imitate Europe, which has uh, thrown God out of all of their society. I mean, they're trying to throw God out of all of our society. Our response, our response in America is preemptive prayer to a living God who actually answers prayer, not lighting a meaningless candle that does nothing. And, and in the face of tragedy, we shouldn't be imitating a godless Europe in simply lighting candles and mourning the dead, because that does nothing. Okay? Once the dead are dead, you know, it's over. Right. The, the, the proper response is what our founding fathers would have done, which is to pray to the living God of the Bible and ask Him for supernatural protection, not lighting a dumb candle, which does nothing. I mean, it's, lighting a candle is like, it's like whistling Dixie. It does nothing. Yeah, we we, we know, can we can sl- we can slap a uh, we might as well slap a coexist bumper sticker on our car and feel like we've accomplished something, as opposed to I mean right, exactly. uh, you know, and and that's the other part of this too. Now now Rome, um, we're getting intelligence obviously that, that that Rome, they're kind of the Vatican's on the lockdown uh, for their Easter services because of these attacks, and, and here we go through the cycles one more time. And it, it, you know, learning nothing, abandoning God, abandoning the the real, um, the real truthful uh, way out of this, and 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 increasing security. And I can, and you know, but going back to what I asked you earlier, or what we talked about earlier about, uh, you know, something something like that came here. I mean, you've got Donald Trump already saying, basically, nuke the uh, people. <laughs> Nuke the enemy. I mean, it's okay. I mean, that's, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but um, uh, you've got this bloodthirst out there, which I understand. I mean, but we're, we, on one hand, you've got Obama and, and the people, the globalists, just inviting these attacks in this country, in, you know, and, and not doing anything at all to, to really stop them politically or geopolitically. You've got the Christians silent, basically, and and you know what? What are we to expect? We are to expect, you know, man. I'll tell you. Um, well, look. look well, at we well, unfortunately, you know, we can we can uh, speak out about the 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 open doors <clears throat> to from potential terrorists flooding our nation, and you know, flooding Europe in light of all this. I mean, Angela Merkel of Germany and the other European leaders, before Belgium, this recent incident in Belgium, the, the, the doors are wide open. I would suspect they're going to be remain wide open <clears throat> to uh, potential terrorists flooding Euro- Europe. And uh, the plans are to flood, uh, to a large extent, uh, the United States of America. So that... That is very strange. If you 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 say that you're pr- protecting a nation from terrorism and at the same time you welcome potential terrorists in, that's a very conspicuous and strange action. So, um, and I think all, all all of your listeners are aware of that. But the but the other thing is, there's no reason for Christians to be silent, and that's see that's the problem. The fact that Christians are silent is. The root of the of the root of the problem, 
Chris, in, in the face of the greatest potential tragedy, because in addition to the terrorist thing, we're on the precipice of an economic crisis. We're also on the precipice of potentially World War III if everything erupts in the Middle East or with Russia, etc. We're on the precipice of all kinds of crises. So, so in the midst of all these potential crises, and now terrorism, we have Christians silent. The silence of Christians is a sin before God. And so every Christian who is silent is guilt. You know, again, people are like, you know, I'm not advocating that Trump's wife, uh, you know, you know, parades herself uh, semi-nude. You know, I'm not, I'm not advocating that. But people are so, they're so fixated on on the superficial, uh, uh, the superficial, uh, superficials regarding spirituality, that they don't look at the deeper heart issues, which are far more accurate indicators of whether spirituality is valid or not. So so the fact that Christians are silent in the face of America's greatest crisis is an, indi- an indication of a very deep spiritual sin, and that is the, the being disconnected from reality and not even a minimal obedience to the Word of God or the command of the Holy Spirit for this hour, which is for God's people to come before him in repentance and cry out to God. I mean, you you read every account in the Old Testament and the accounts in the New Testament, and you see a continual pattern. Whenever God's people uh, uh, rebel from him and don't seek his face, they go into captivity and the calamity results. But very, very simply understood, whenever God's people repent of their apathy and their idolatry, and cry out to God for protection, God is generous and good and will often deliver or protect his people. This is a repeated pattern from Genesis to Revelation. So where does the American church fit in the spectrum of a repeated pattern? Well, at the present moment, the, the, the collective decision, uh, except for the remnant in America, is, is silenced by Christians and, and no real prayer and no real repentance, repentance from the root sin. But what? imagine what would happen if a remnant, especially sparked through a program like yours, began to spread virally the message of let's repent, let's cry out to God, and let's ask God for his mercy and his super uh, supernatural intervention in our nation. And, and then exactly watch what the need. Lord does. Yeah, and a component exactly. of this is we have to not only ask him, but we have to believe it can be accomplished. Right, you got it, you got it. And you know what, Joe, when you just said that, that that's the explanation for why people would not immediately go into uh, energy and mobilization and spread the message uh, virally through every means on social media and that's the reason why people wouldn't personally uh, come before the Lord in prayer, and that's the reason why uh, people wouldn't have uh, emergency church services uh, 24-7 crying out to God through their home prayer meetings or gathering with friends. The root of it, and you just said it, Joe, is you have to believe it. If you don't believe, because, because if you're in a state of unbelief regarding God, you're under a curse. If you don't believe God at His Word... If you don't believe that God honors his word, which means he will answer prayer, 
He will move if you ask him to. If you don't, if your relationship with God is built on unbelief, where you don't really believe that's true, and you don't really believe that your prayers make a difference, you just nailed it. That's the root issue. That's the root issue facing every Christian in America today, and it's the root issue facing... For every single one of your listeners, the root issue is regarding what they heard us discuss on today's program is whether or not they're going to believe God at his word. And the countless listeners you have are making that choice right now, whether or not they're going to believe God at his word. That's You just nailed it. That is the root issue. Yeah, I was uh, looking at scripture today, and my wife said something to me and mentioned, you know, when two people come together in my name talking about the the Lord, and I'm not sure which uh, where I'm paraphrasing from, but um, it, it dawned on me that it's more than prayer. I mean, you have to not only say the prayer, but you have to have the mindset and uh, give God the the uh, understand He has the ability to change these things and believe that the change will take place. Uh, there's a scripture somewhere in the Bible where it talks about you know you can move the top of a mountain off of a mountain um, right. through the power of of your words and, and prayers. But how often do we see Christians? You know, we we do see sometimes you know people get healed, the intercessors help, uh, you know, other people stay safe, and and the prayers are our prayer needs are met. But there are uh, much further uh, ways we can extend this to actually make specific and significant changes through prayer uh, with other people as long as, as we, you know, believe in that power that we're praying praying to. Well, yeah, are, are we committed, are we as Christians committed to to what we say we believe? Because Bill Ayers, the, the, the weather underground terrorist, was strutting around all over Chicago uh, during the recent demonstrations at a political yeah. rally. Paul, hold that thought. We're up against oh, yeah, the top we there, yeah. but I want to hit this on the other side because he was also in New York, and he was with these, uh, I don't even like to call them protesters, but the anti-Trump movement. We'll hit more on this with Paul McGuire on the other side. His website, paulmcguire.us, Paul McGuire on YouTube. His book, Pre-Order It, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. Stay with us for a third and final hour right after this. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Mr. Paul McGuire, a very prolific author, uh, many books, actually. His book, hopefully within the next 30 days or so, Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, completely different, completely different, folks, than a Prophecy of the Future of America, the first the first edition. Um, a, a wonderful addition to your library. Pre-order it now. That's a Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. And, of course, co-authored uh, with Troy, Troy Anderson, The Babylon Code, Mass Awakening. My goodness, folks. Um, 
a very prolific writer. And during the break, Paul said something that really, uh, and, and I understand this. He said, you know, I don't write these books just to, just to pump them out and for, so people can buy them. It, it's no. Um, it's, to, it's to send a message. It's to, uh, it's to hopefully, um, well, not only provide knowledge to the body, but inspiration as well, information and inspiration. And isn't that what it's all about? I think it is. Before we get back to Mr. McGuire, folks, we found just a terrific website, nuts.com. Have you gone there yet? Oh, my goodness, nuts.com. Go to nuts.com, and, and as soon as you go there to nuts.com, in the microphone box on the upper right, put in HH. That's our code for nuts.com, HH. Folks, they've got a wonderful offer for our listeners. When you buy, for example, $25 worth of goods, uh, whether it be nuts or dried fruits or whatever snacks you, that, that tickle your taste buds, uh, and, and there's so many to choose from, you can choose four free gifts, four free gifts. It's a $15 value when you place your order. Um, I'm talking about things like um, if you like figs, I, I I do. Okay, their figs are just their dried figs are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, things like uh, well, organic trail mix. You've got your options, many options: dried fruit, chocolates, and sweets. You got snacks. You got over 170, I think, varieties of coffees and tea cooking and baking items um, and you know if you've got dietary restrictions of course they have sugar free, gluten free, organic raw, so many choices you can spend hours, literally hours just shopping at nuts.com and I would urge you to do so because it's a healthy alternative we all get hungry during the day and we all snack and you know sometimes uh, well that candy bar, not the best the Twinkie, not the best that whole pizza, not the oh, best yeah, that's, that's right <laughs> yeah so nuts.com offers you the alternative. And I was talking with the CEO of nuts.com. This is a family-owned business since 1929, and, and uh, they're heavily into quality control and delivering you the finest product available. That's nuts.com, microphone code HH. Folks, do it today. Four-year special. I'm not sure how long this is going to last. Uh, you know, So do it now. Choose your four free gifts when you go to nuts.com. And enter our microphone code HH, which stands for Hagman and Hagman. That's nuts.com, microphone code HH. We're so blessed to have Paul McGuire with us. Um, yeah. And before the, the top of the hour break, cut him off. He started to talk about Bill Ayers. Oh. Now, folks, Bill Ayers, um, uh, he, him and his group, the Weather Underground, uh, were infiltrated by uh, a friend of ours, Larry Sinclair. Well, Larry Grouthwell. No, I'm Larry, sorry, Larry, Larry yeah, Grouthwell. Well, Larry Sinclair, and, yeah, he's been on our program, too. Larry Grouthwell, uh, he passed away a few years back, and uh, he was at the forefront of, of infiltrating the weather, uh, the weather Underground and got a lot of information out of them, more so than just you know targets for, for future bombings, more of the overall plan and agenda that they wanted to carry out, which included the extermination of Americans who did not believe in the ideology that they espoused, as well as re-education for those uh, who did not have such a severe case of uh, belief, of a belief system, uh, those that they felt they You could. know what, Joe, by the way, I, I want to just really quick toss something to you. Um, 
as you were leaving the studio yesterday, Dave Hodges, I was talking to Dave Hodges, and uh, we talked for probably close to two hours. He's going to be on the show next Tuesday for a couple of hours okay. uh, before Stan Dale. However, um, i got to tell you this. The uh, Bill Ayers has been making the rounds, and folks, check out the com. He's been making the rounds, and there's something not quite right going on with these anti-Trump, these, right. these political... And they're more than just anti-Trump protestings because these people have taken it a step further using oppressive tactics of, of censorship, censorship and silence and, uh, using, you know, in Arizona, they, they jam traffic and chain themselves to cars. Uh, Chicago, we saw the disruptions there. These are disruptors. These are people who are not allowing him to speak. We talked yesterday about this Emory University uh, story where people who, who, students at Emory University saw Trump 2016 slogan written in chalk on the sidewalk and had basically a post-traumatic stress syndrome response, an emotional response, so much so that they had to go talk to the administrators, almost like they were a, a, a Jewish person coming across the swastika on the side of their church. Um, just mind-boggling stuff. Uh, and Paul, I'll let you pick up where you left off with Bill Ayers. Well, Bill Ayers, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a key member in uh, the Weather Underground, <clears throat> and uh, he's strutting around not only in Chicago, but uh, other places. And uh, I talk about him, by the way, uh, in my new book, uh, as well as my other books. And in the game plan, <clears throat> this is not just about demonstrations inside of a political rally. If you look at it carefully, um, this the game plan of Bill Ayers is to ignite <clears throat> social revolution and class warfare and racial warfare in the United States of America. He wants to literally erupt it. So you, you look at the, 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 the protests and, and, and the scuffle between... Uh, the people attending the political rally and the people invading the political rally that's like a like a microcosm of of what he he wants he wants outright social revolution in the streets and again uh Christians and other people need to wake up to the fact that this is not some uh players and his and his friends who are radical activists they have a very methodical very uh precise strategy for implementing revolution in the United States of America or, or anywhere else. And in their, they're in the process, by the way, of implementing revolution in the United States of America. And they're going to do it through uh, class warfare, uh, racial conflict, and this uh, uh, present election is simply the backdrop for a revolution that they want, that they, they very possibly can succeed in doing. Because again, it's it's it, the the tension in America is so explosive uh, that things can potentially erupt, and they're feeding the fires of that. And they have professional agitators. I mean, they're trained. So so, and I began, you know, before I was raised in an atheist household, as most of your listeners know, demonstrating with Abby Hoffman when I was 15 years old. He was a member of the Chicago Eight demonstrations when. 1968, they were chanting the whole world's watching, the whole world's watching as the demonstrators uh, incited the police to, to club them in front of television cameras, and that was an organized revolutionary uh, movement, and, and it continues on today. Now, why Christians need to wake up is this, that if people like Bill Ayers succeed in doing uh, and accomplishing a, a revolution, 
um, the first target will be the church and Christians because the church and Christians are the, the target of revolutionaries. These revolutionaries hate Christians. They hate conservatives, and they hate anything to do with Christian values. So there, so there's a target. And again, God doesn't want this to happen. This is not the will of God that his people uh, are outfoxed, so to speak, by professional revolutionaries. But if you're going to deny reality, and if you're not going to look at the situation and, and look at the big picture and project where it's going, you know, this is why I wrote uh, Mass Awakening, and this is why I'm writing A Prophecy of the Future America 2016-2017, because in those books, I mentioned Bill Ayers uh, quite a bit, but what I'm trying to communicate to people is that they have, they are, they are in the, the, the implementation stage of a mass awakening, a dark mass awakening. And what will happen, and this is why I'm writing this book, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, and the DVDs to go with it. What I'm trying to do is to teach people that they have a methodical plan to implement a social revolution, but their, their game plan is to cause such crisis, such disruption, that they can overthrow the, the present system. But, but, but Christians don't understand, and this is... The threat level to Christians is enormous because Christians will become the, the target of these groups. And what that means is if they succeed and these people gain full power, Christians will be bitterly per persecuted, arrested, locked up, and, and who knows what else. And I don't believe God wants to happen, that to happen, but there has to be a turning from this denial of reality. And you have to understand the methodology, the plan, the agendas, the principles of the people that are, are, are set out to destroy you. So whether it's militant Islam, what their plan is, taking over through Sharia law, or the weather underground. And by the way, the radical left and militant Islam are partnering. They, they're, they're, it's like they're, yeah. they're partnering in these social revolutions. So if Christians continue to walk around in this uh, disconnected state from reality, they're going to get hit hard. And they're, they're, you know, we, we, I don't want to frighten people, but we, there's the potential that we could lose our freedoms and our, our way of life. It's very real, and it's never been more real in the history of our nation. So if we continue to be apathetic and disconnected and ill-informed, Ill we're going to lose our freedoms. They're very fragile right now. Uh, there are a lot of people in this nation that would like to replace our present form of government with some kind of dictatorship. But if we, if we seek the face of the Lord and we become aware and we get engaged in an intelligent manner, um, that game plan doesn't have to succeed. But that game plan will succeed if there is not a countermeasure. And, um, you know, just walking around in a fog state or a trance state and, and playing church and being oblivious uh, isn't going to cut it. You have to know what's what's going on, and then you can preempt a potential danger, both spiritually and by your your actions. Um, I, you know, it's hard for me to summarize what I've written in just a couple of sentences, but there is a strategic plan to take down a nation through crisis, and they're they're turning up the heat. The same thing with what is happening in Europe. They're they're turning up the the heat. And there's a game plan here, and the game plan is a consolidation of power in the hands of a, 
uh, of an elite and a total control of uh, the economic system and a total control on information, freedom of ex- expression, and people's belief systems. So I'm not trying to frighten people. What I am trying to tell them is if they don't get engaged and become awake, that's where the you know, great awakening, that's what I call for in, in my books, a great awakening, a third great awakening. Well, what does a third great awakening mean? It's a spiritual awakening. Yeah, that's true. But it's also an intellectual awakening. There has to be an awakening of the mind along with the spirit. Otherwise, you just have emotional experiences. You have to have an awakening uh, of, of your mind and your faculties where you understand the consequences of actions. You understand that ideas have consequences and whatever ideas are governing our society uh, will control our society. So, for example, with the millennials, 18 to 20 years old, roughly, the millennial generation is, is voting for Sanders because they believe that, that he's going to meet all their economic problems. He's going to be like Santa Claus. And the, real, the, the reason they believe that is that they don't understand uh, intellectually and through their education the big picture regarding socialism, that, it, that, that Sander is making a promise, but he can't really deliver on it, because you can't just give people stuff. You know, you just can't just pay for everybody's what, desires and wants. Um, there isn't enough money for that. It, it collapses the system, and Cuba would be an excellent example of that. So we're in a very um, precarious time, and the crisis of riots and the crisis of terrorist attacks really... Um, creates a situation where there's the potential. See, it's not just the terrorist attack. It's not just the impact or the devastation and destruction that occurs in a localized arena because of a terrorist attack. It's what the terrorist attack does to the entire society. Again, it's like the terrorist attack is, it takes place in a foundation of glass which has the protection, the potential of shattering all kinds of things in society. And freedom is fragile. Freedom is fragile. We take it for granted, but freedom is very fragile. So the impact of a terrorist attack or a consecutive series of a terrorist attacks could topple our present system. We lose our freedoms. Uh, we, we, we have a, a great deteriorate, uh, uh, degrading in our economics. And, and then life is not pleasant and enjoyable in America anymore. And you say, well, why should it be? Well, because God gave us America as a gift, and we have to protect it. That's why Jesus Christ said, occupy until I come. That's a spiritual uh, uh, militancy. We have to occupy until he comes. If we don't occupy or preserve the freedoms that we've been given by God in this nation, then we lose them. And that requires, you know, there has to be a complete renunciation uh, and a complete departure from this playing church, you know, putting your brain on cruise control, floating through life mentality. There has to be a choice to not only respond to the Spirit of God, but to respond to an awakening of the intellect where you understand very clearly that what plays out in the next couple of months and years is going to determine uh, the future and the, the reality that we call America. And there are people that want to brutally change the reality that we call America. And I hope I, hope I was coherent in what I just said. Oh, you absolutely were. And, and I think um, 
I think you had written this, and I, and I don't remember which book um, you had written this in, but <clears throat> I, I, I remember this. In fact, I wrote it down. Um, this is a quote, and, and it, it it struck me so much that I, I, I made a note of this. Um, the best way to take control over people and control them utterly is to take a little of their freedom at a time. To erode rights um, by a thousand tiny and almost imperceptible reductions. In this way, the people will not see these rights and freedoms being removed until they're past the point at which these changes cannot be reversed. That, that you, I, you referenced it in one of your books. That's a that's a, a direct citation from Adolf Hitler in Mein Kampf. Okay, so when I looked at that. And I see what's going on here in this country, and, and I see. And you, you had mentioned uh, your experience in 1968, for example, your your first person experience with Abby Hoffman, and, and of course, you know, we saw what happened in 68, but we also saw. We were we also see the political environment from pre-war Germany, pre-Nazi Germany, I, I, I suppose. I'm looking at, at, at where we sit today. Uh, you know, I look to my left. I see, man, this looks a lot like 1968. Then I look over here, and I say, man, this looks a lot like pre-war Germany. Ow. Yeah, yeah Eric, we'll get right back. We, Thanks, we, we Doc, lost. for that quick grab. Well, oh, thanks, thanks man. Thank you. But, but, folks, I mean, uh, and and we're working on getting uh, Paul back. But, I'm, folks, you, you see what I'm, you see where I'm going here. Um, and then we have this convenient terrorist attack in Brussels. When I say convenient, I think it's it's, um, and I don't mean anything other than it, the timing to me is just quite interesting because I see this wave. And Joe and I have talked about this. This wave heading west. Yeah. You know, heading uh, toward America. Hi, Paul. Sorry. Hey. I'm hey. watching you via the Hagman and Hagman.com. But go ahead. Just, just, just see the blood spurt out of my eyes from that. <laughs> Never mind the, the sound. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, no, I, heard, uh, I heard you. Yeah. Uh, so let me, I don't know how much you heard, but let, let me just encapsulate my question to you, okay? Um, you, you talked about 1968 earlier, and, and I was just saying right before you came on, I, I look, I look in one direction, I see the landscape here in America and all throughout the West, kind of a lot like 1968, and you were there firsthand. But preceding that, I look over here and I see the landscape look a whole lot like pre-war Nazi Germany or pre-Nazi Germany. You know, I'm thinking, wait a minute, it looks kind of the same. And and you know the the the, the attacks in Brussels, it just it, it all seems to be pushing. And as you wrote in the Babylon Code, um, you know. Uh, I just have to say that too. The Babylon Code, uh, uh, the uh, uh, God interrupted Nimrod, which gave birth to the, the secret religions, which gave birth to the secret societies, and, and which gave birth to, of course, 
everything that we're seeing today, and of course World War Two, they and even before that, but they weaponized Islam and. Man, I'm just seeing a lot of parallels to, to various historic times. I, I guess my question, as long as that preface was, what do you what do you compare most today the geopolitical landscape? You compare it to Germany in pre-war. Do you compare it to '68 domestically? Do you compare it to uh, or Babylon for crying out loud? You know, pre pre flood pre uh, uh, during that time. I mean, man, we're we're all over well, I, I, I think your uh, mixture of um, things that happened in Nazi Germany and uh, what happened in the in the 60s with the counterculture in the early 70s and the counterculture there's like a mix because really what Bill Ayers and uh, uh, the radical left are all about are it's very fascist it's very it, it, they they say that they're not fascists but they're the ultimate fascists i mean the left began with the free speech movement and yet the most fascist element in our society in terms of censoring speech and thought and ideas and belief is not from conservatives it is from the left if you don't i mean they'll, they'll shut you down they'll have violent demonstrations you'll they'll invade uh, uh any meeting if you don't say what they want said that's that's what the nazis did so, so the, the the radical left, which has managed to recruit uh, the youth, is a fascist movement. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether they they call themselves something else, but it has the the the, the ideology and the belief system of, of the swastika in it. Because anybody who who deviates from their dictatorial program of what you can say and what you can't say and what you can believe and cannot believe is attacked. Violently, uh, is they attempt to shut you down uh, or attack you, which is what they did in, in Nazi Germany. So it's a fascist movement. It just it, it, it's pretending to be something else. And you know, with the reason we have history is to learn from us to, to learn from it. So so here we are sailing into this environment of conflict and tension. Uh, much of it being generated by by hidden sources we're sailing into an environment of incredible escalation and conflict which is as as you said it's almost as if history is repeating itself but there was there was a missing element in nazi germany which which allowed adolf hitler and the nazis to take over and that missing element was a church and Christians that believed in the power of God and in the power of his word. The church in Nazi Germany, or pre-Nazi Germany, did not believe in the power of God, and it did not believe in the power of his word. And uh, in Russia, there wasn't a significant mass of people that believed in the power of God and the power of his word. So, when the... But, when there was a there was a revolutionary time in the United States of America in in seventeen seventy six and prior to it, where there was tremendous conflict between uh, England and America. But what the difference uh, between what happened at the founding of America and Nazi Germany and the counterculture in the sixties and seventies and in Russia, the difference is that at the founding of America, there was a remnant of strong Bible-believing Christians who believed in the supernatural power of God's Word 
and the supernatural power of God, but they also believed in having intelligence, a plan, and a keen intellect. In other words, they weren't dummies. And they, because there, there, there existed a remnant of Bible-believing Christians who believed in the supernatural power of God and the supernatural power of His Word, and they understood philosophy and they understood history. That's why they were able to 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 shape the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and, and the foundation of our government. When there was a revolutionary environment, the reason America didn't end up with a French Revolution, which ended up, by the way, with guillotines, mass beheadings, orgies in the churches, and mass slaughter of the streets of Paris and France. That's where the French Revolution went, because man was God. But the American Revolution, because there was a remnant of Bible-believing, thinking, intelligent Christians who believed in the supernatural power of God and obeyed the supernatural power of God and got engaged with what was happening in America they were able to institute the American Revolution, which produced freedom and economic prosperity, but, but very importantly, freedom and rights, of which we're, we're the benefactors today. So the all-important game-changer was the existence and engagement of intelligent Bible-believing Christians who stepped up to the plate and showed up on the spiritual battlefield when, when, when the crisis came in early America. Now, conversely, the church in Germany, as Hitler was taking over, did not believe in the supernatural power of God, believe in the supernatural power of God's word, and had surrendered their intellect. And Hitler was able to take over. In fact, the Christians voted him into power. The same thing occurred in the French Revolution. The same thing occurred with the Trotskyite Revolution in, in Russia, in these other areas. So the game-changer in history was the existence of a remnant of uh, Christians who believed in the supernatural power of God and the supernatural power of His Word that were willing to use their intellect, but not only that, they were actually willing to obey God, stop playing church, and engage themselves in the spiritual battle of their time. That's what caused the creation of America. That's what caused the creation of America. That's why America did not become France. America became an unusual nation with the most freedom, the most prosperity ever seen in the history of planet Earth. So here we are at the ultimate crisis point um, regarding freedom, economics. We have powerful adversaries, both in terms of militant Islam and some of the evil workings of, of the globalists behind the scenes, and people like Bill Ayers, who, and Bill Ayers, by the way, is nothing more, as you know, Doug, and Joe is a pawn of the globalists. He's financed by the globalists. So here we are at this crisis point. And, and one of two things will happen. The remnant Christians will uh, uh, surrender their minds to, 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 to the mass stupidity, which is, which is everywhere in our society, and become paralyzed or go off on a tangent or, or, or let go of the steering wheel by misinterpreting Bible prophecy and becoming fatalistic, or the remnant of Christians will hear the Word of God as our founding fathers did. They will obey the Word of God. They will believe the supernatural power of God's Word and the supernatural power 
of God's very existence. We talk about the resurrection. We're approaching Easter. Well, if Christ resurrected from the dead, which he did, that same power which enabled Christ to resurrect from the dead can be appropriated by God's people. So, therefore, the death spiral in America can be interrupted by the power of the resurrection. And I want to repeat that again. The death spiral of America and the planned death of America by demonic forces working through human people and institutions, that spiritual force, force of death that is highly operational in America and it's highly operational, that spiritual force of, of death is highly operational in, mil, in militants, Islam and ISIS, because it's all about death. That death force can be interrupted by the power of the resurrection. If Christ was resurrected from the dead, then God has the power to resurrect the, a nation that's going into a death spiral, like America and other nations. Christ, that power of the resurrection can transform America if there are people of God that will stand in the gap, grab hold, if they're willing to be. You see, we talk about revival, we talk about a great awakening, and what it really comes down to when we talk about a third great awakening, when we talk about biblical revival, when we talk about the future of America, when we talk about the crisis that we're in, when we talk about uh, an eminent terrorist attack, what it really comes down to is this, is every single person listening to us talk now, are they individually willing to... Um, hear the voice of the Lord and obey it, because if they are, they will allow themselves to be set on fire with power from on high. And when the people of God are set on power uh, from on high with the power of God, a great awakening explodes, because the power of God infused in every human being who allows the power of God to, to fill him or her. It is called the dunamis or the dynamite. It means the explosive force of the Spirit of God at work in the human personality discharges an explosion of the power of God that reverberates in the atmosphere of a nation. And so the atmosphere of the nation is the spiritual world where there's a conflict between the angelic and the demonic, which is happening in America now. In Europe, there is no battle, because there's not enough of the angelic being released to, to engage the demonic, because the people are in a state of unbelief. But in America, if the remnant will believe God, then there's an igniting of every individual in the remnant with power from on high. That's what we call a third great awakening. It happened in, in the late 1700s in America. They had a great awakening, which rocked the nation and preserved freedom and created freedom. They had a great awakening uh, with, uh, with uh, Charles Finney, the second great awakening, which freed the slaves. So we're on the precipice of either dictatorship, martial law, terrorist attacks. We're on the precipice of that, or we're on the precipice of the remnant church of God moving in obedience, repenting of playing church, and allowing the Spirit of Almighty God, which is the same Spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead, if we will allow, it's, and, and it comes down to, will we allow individually, you and I and everyone listening, will we allow, yes or no, will we allow the Spirit of God to take complete control of our personalities and ignite our inner man and woman 
and infuse us with power from on high. Because if we allow God individually, one by one, at this moment to infuse us with power from on high, then we are supernaturally enabled with the same spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead. We have a supernatural enablement to experience the resurrection power of Christ in real-time reality, and each one of us becomes an overcomer which has been given the resident power by the Spirit of God to overcome the demonic hordes of darkness threatening our nation, and we take it back. See, we take back our nation spiritually by allowing the dominion of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to infuse our mortal personalities, and we are supernaturally transformed from within, like David was, mortal man who could never defeat a Goliath. But when the Spirit of God infused him, he could take down Goliath. When the Spirit of God infuses the remnant, a minority can, a minority can exercise its will over the majority and turn the tide in America. That works in terms of evil, and it works in terms of good. A minority that's dedicated will always rule over a majority that's ambivalent. That works with communism and Nazism, but it can also work in terms of revival. If the remnant will allow themselves to receive power from on high and begin to engage God 24-7, then we can change the direction of America. And you know what? You can't, the outcome, you don't blame on God. God has already said what he wanted. He's already said what he wanted. He said, occupy until I come. He doesn't want destruction and disaster. The ball's in our court. And if we'll pick it up and play ball, we'll win. Exactly. And I love what you wrote on your website, folks. Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us is his website. We are calling on all intercessors to begin immediate prayer for God's protection in every city, in every town, in state. Yes. Also, please pray for this, your ministry. And, um, this is something I do want to mention because I, we, we always, Paul, we, we run out of time and, uh, I, we just never get get a chance to talk about, uh, certain things that you're doing. And of course you're, uh, you're completing, you're, you're on your way to completing your, your, uh, television studio, and we need right. folks. We need that. Uh, you, you know, Paul McGuire has, has look at his what I like to call his in in product. Uh, look at look at what he's given us in terms of information and inspiration. So uh, visit paulmcguire.us and, and help Paul finish building his their, their TV studio for their ministries. Um, but I also want to toss in there too. Uh, speaking of prayer, speaking of repentance, speaking of, of, of praying and coming together in fellowship for, uh, solemn prayer, you've got another, uh, uh, prayer meeting coming up here. I, I, and again, before the show ends, I want to get this in there. You're going to have another Paradise Mountain Church meeting, correct? Uh, have you scheduled right. that yet? Well, or? Well, yeah, we're having another uh, Paradise Mountain Church uh, prayer meeting uh, where there will be Bible teaching, and then, of course, we're going to p- pray fervently in the manner that we just discussed in your program. And um, we're selecting a date. It will most likely be at the same hotel that we've been renting out on a regular basis. Uh, but we'll be announcing the date on the website, and if people continue to go to the website, they'll see the date, and I encourage them to come. We have people come from all over, 
uh, and the, many of them are regular listeners of your program. But every time we gather together at Paradise Mountain Church, power of God moves in, in very unusual ways, and that's simply because we, we do business with God. You know, we don't play games. And yeah, also, exactly. Uh, God, no, I, yeah, it's just, God, I, I hear, you know what, Paul, I just got to tell you, and I want to tell people this. I get emails about Paul's uh, about Paul's uh, uh, meetings and, and preaching, and lives are changed. I mean, people drive a day to to, to watch you at these meetings, or to, I'm sorry, to, to listen to you at these meetings, and, and to be inspired and informed. It's just fantastic. So, you know, as soon as you announce the date, and, and folks, bookmark PaulMcGuire.us. So, the date, you know, and you can so you can be notified of the date and see the date right away. But uh, uh, because we need to. We need to get together right now and to uh, and to do exactly what you have said, and, and that is to to pray for. Uh, I mean, to repent and pray for our salvation, pray for the uh, for this country. Uh, man, I just I, I'm not like I'm not looking. I'm not liking what I'm seeing out there in terms of the landscape. So we need to we need to we need a revival indeed. And we we can do it. You know, we can. We we. we, we What's up? I mean, we've got everyone outnumbered. The, Christi- the Christians out there have. We've got them outnumbered. We just have to. Well, we have to show up. Well, that, that's a, that's that's a very good point. You know, I think the media deliberately uh, lies to us and makes us think that we are uh, some uh, numerical minority and that where our beliefs are, are are you know are relatively small. But the reality is just. Judging from some of these recent uh, 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 political uh, races, if you add together uh, various people with sim- similar belief systems, you see that there's a huge majority of people in America that, ver- of all races and ethnic groups, that want uh, to see America, uh, the freedoms preserved, that believe in Judeo-Christian principles. And uh, there's a huge hunger for that. The media just suppresses that, and they make it. You know, I was watching. I was flying back on the plane from one of these conferences in the last week, and I was w- turned on the, the t- TV on the plane, and it was episodic television. And I never watched this program before. And and the and the scene is two girls in bed. It was just a gratuitous scene of two females in bed together, just 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 to throw it in. You know, just to, so so you know. The bombardment of this is is constant, and so people walk away with the the feeling that, gee, I'm the only one that uh, uh, believes uh, uh, Bible uh, morality. I'm the only one who believes. But no, they're not. There's this huge numbers of people that that believe in the Bible and believe in God. Huge numbers of people, and so uh, that's why I'm doing the meetings and we're raising money for the television studio the purpose of the by the way the purpose of the television studio the the world doesn't need another person on christian television or uh, a, a christian on television that's not the point that that's completely a waste of time i'm desperately trying to get to get out this message you know i live for this despite my uh, uh my personal responsibilities i i i i am consumed with uh, <clears throat> this uh, this passion and power and ignition uh, that I believe is a supernatural enablement from God to to ignite others because I believe that if the power of God will move upon our society like which Doug I absolutely believe we can do this with God's help 
And the idea that we can't do it is completely ridiculous. We can do it. You said the words very, very, very well. Right. We can do this with God's help. You know, we think we're, we're on the other side of it. We think it's we can't do it. No, we can do it. The walls of Jericho will come tumbling down, but we have to we have to move in there. And you know, that's why your program is so vital, and uh, the messages that your guests have, and uh, the, the recent conference in Dallas was so important because these are all avenues by which the remnant is being infused with the Spirit of God to do what it's been called to do. And and by the way, we've all been called to do this before the beginning of time. This is the, the very interesting thing, and I think it'll give people a lot of hope and joy, and that is everything we've been talking about in terms of what God wants to do. We've all been called to do this before the foundation of the world God pre-planned, think about this, Doug and Joe, God pre-planned before the foundation of the world for you and I to meet and have this conversation. For all those people in Dallas and all the people that watch your program and come to Paradise Mountain Church and the speakers, God speakers and stuff, God pre-planned before the foundation of the world for this this for us to, to, to get to know each other. It's not an accident. We just didn't like bump into each other randomly on planet Earth. This was pre-planned by God before the foundation of the world because God has us here for such a time as this, and what God has us here for is not defeat and failure. God has us here, as you said, we can do this with the power of God. So we were we were chosen before the foundation of the world to be here for such a time as this. God has given us the power uh, to initiate victory, and we can do it, like you said. We just got to believe we can do it. It's, it's that right. simple. We have to believe we can do it. We can do it. It can be yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, and, and most people. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not hard. It's not complex. <laughs> it just. We just need to. We just need to believe it and do it. Um, what would your what's your takeaway? I mean, or well, that's a kind of a bad. Uh, let me rephrase that. Um, in, in the wake of Brussels, what happened in Brussels here? Uh, looking toward this summer, assuming things continue on the path that they're continuing, let's just assume that for just a moment here. You see us making it to the elections, and and if so, do you, do you see? I mean, uh, are, how concerned are you about the elections of twenty fifteen or or twenty sixteen? That is, I'm sorry. How concerned are you? I'm very concerned, and uh, we should never underestimate the power of evil. So I'm very concerned, and and um, I'm concerned about. Uh, what's coming and the summer and projections people have made and I think there's every reason to be very concerned and I'm very concerned about uh, that we would indeed have elections etc so uh, but that concern has to drive me uh, into into a place of what can I do about it and I can do everything about it if I seek the face of God you know if if we recognize these realities and then we seek the face of God, there can be divine intervention into the very uh, critical areas of concern that you expressed. But without divine intervention, then these critical areas that you've expressed, I mean, all, all hell can break loose. 
but all hell is not supposed to break loose. It's supposed to be restrained by God's people exercising the power that God's given them. So, so yeah, we need to, to to keep a critical eye on what's happening. We can't be naive. There's a you know, there's no way to understate this. There's a tremendous danger on the horizon. Tremendous danger, but yeah, we don't freak out about it. Yeah, right. But we don't freak out about it. We 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 go to the to to our source and ask for divine intervention. But we have the uh, ever-growing threat of a uh, the biggest economic uh, depression or event to happen uh, since they began printing dollars as Federal Reserve notes. Um, anytime in the near future, we have the threat in, of instability and war, not only in our country but throughout the Middle East. And if I can, Paul, we're in the last uh, eight minutes of the show. Um, Now, I mentioned a story earlier about Emory University students being offended and afraid at the campaign (laughs) slogan, Trump 2016. And uh, there's a guy named, I think it's uh, Jesse Waters. He writes, I know, I mean, you now write the name of a Republican, and that is a hate crime. How bad has it gotten? If you're afraid of the name Trump, you're either an illegal alien or a total sissy. Either way, you shouldn't be on college campuses. When we see the uh, incidents like this, you know, the simple phrase Trump 2016 having an, an alleged emotional impact on people, they're feeling offended, they're feeling scared for their safety. How long until the, the scriptures and, and the word and the name of Jesus turns into what we're seeing here with Trump? Well, you're right. I mean, people are being uh, brainwashed and indoctrinated um and that can can go, you know, they could be brainwashed and indoctrinated to completely censor, you know, the word Jesus, where the reaction is total hatred because they're offended. So that's the product of, of brainwashing and indoctrination. The, the 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 whole point of America is freedom of expression. So that, but we have to protect that. People have the right to express diverse points of view. So. You know, somebody can advocate communism. Bernie Sanders has the right to to, to advocate socialism, but we've got to we've got to protect that right because we have a uh, a very um, uh, indoctrination on our campuses among young people who really don't know a whole lot about history. And uh, you, you know, if 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 you if you make it illegal and you hate and and want to remove Trump's name, well, then the next thing you it will happen is you'll remove Sanders' name, or you, you go, you'll remove Clinton's name. Once you take away freedom, it hurts the left, the right, it hurts the Christian, it hurts the atheist, but unfortunately a lot of people don't seem to get that. Everybody loses. That's right. Yeah, that's right, indeed. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we've got about five minutes left of the program here, Paul, and again, you've done it again. You've really driven it home. Here we are, uh, what, 72 hours after... Uh, a European terror attack in Brussels. No, forty uh, forty eight. A, a foiled attack in, in France. Yes, today. And by the way, Paul, um, three George Mason University students. I, I think. Yeah. Yep. George Mason University students were arrested yesterday with the bomb. Yeah. And bomb making wow. material. Wow. At yeah. the campus uh, in hmm. DC. So I, I mean, he, here we sit, and of course, you know, this weekend is a, is a very special weekend for for uh, Christians. And if I if I can, I know this. I don't know if you saw this, Paul. Glenn Beck said something the other day, uh, saying, you know, um, 
it's Mormons. It's the Mormon time to stand up. And but he said Christian evangelicals in the South are not listening to their God. Now on Breitbart.com, Robert Jeffress, pastor of a twelve thousand member Baptist church, weighed in and saying that um, he said although the South, this is Beck, although. Throughout the South, the evangelicals are not listening to their God, Beck said at a rally in Utah. They go on to say the comment speaks for itself, using the phrase their God to refer to we evangelical Christians worship a different God than Beck. And he kept citing the Book of Mormon. He says, you know, the Book of Mormon tells us, the Book of Mormon tells us, you know, as he was giving this speech and then saying that, you know, well, evangelical yeah. Christians don't listen to their God. Is he making a distinction there? Or, and is there a distinction there? Well, yeah, there is a distinction, and it's absolutely ridiculous uh, for Glenn Beck, who, according to biblical definition, would not have the Holy Spirit inside him, according to the strictest biblical definitions, for somebody who does not have the Holy Spirit inside him to stand up, because, because to stand up and accuse Christians of not listening to their God, I mean, uh, and he, he gave it away when he said their God. So Beck himself implied that there's a difference between the God of the Mormons and the God of the Christians. So it's impossible yeah. for somebody who does not know the God of the Bible to accuse people who do know the God of the Bible of not listening to our God. I think it's mm -hmm. Beck who's not listening to, 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 to the biblical God. And I believe you're right. My dad pointed it out the first night we ran with that story with their God. And I, th I was thinking about that today. And I thought, how many times have I told another Christian, you're not listening to your God or, you know, uh, phrasing it in a way where I kind of removed myself from. Uh, and it just I could not, you know, remember a time uh, or could think of a reason why I would speak like that unless there was a distinction between you, you, the two. you heard it wrong see Paul now we're going to get like a, a ton of emails because this always happens you know for Glenn Beck apologists we we heard oh the stabbing won't stop we heard that wrong of course that was directed to Stu not to, not to Trump yeah he made a comment yeah. about having um, to stand next to Trump on stage and if he did the stabbing wouldn't stop and that got spun to and ended up he but no, no, we're wrong. We're spinning it, not them. And, and now we're, we're going to get emails and, about this, I'm sure. And but. this is the problem with following men, you know, and putting stock right. in Right, well, men. you know, Go ahead, Glenn Beck apologists, I mean, I don't want to offend them, but, but the point is that, that Glenn Beck is making, a, as of late in the last couple of months, Glenn Beck has made a lot of statements that are just, like, out of control. So, uh, you know, it's not a personal attack on the guy. It's just he's out of control. He's saying some really bizarre things. And that was one of them. It's not even, and it's not biblical. No, no, it's really, no, no. And, and just to be fair, I said all those statements, and it's an observation. Well, all right, my brother. It was great seeing you in Dallas. All right. And, and folks, we had a great time great in Dallas. Great you guys. You know, um, a, a, lot of, a lot of conversation uh, uh, there and, and Paul was on fire. And I'll tell you something, it's, uh, the DVDs for Here the Watchman. It's worth getting them just to see Paul McGuire. That's for, that's for sure. Paul. Absolutely. I just want to say thank you for, for joining us tonight for, on, on the, yeah, thank tonight. you guys. And, uh, we all celebrate the resurrection together and that's good news that there's a resurrection from the dead. So great being Amen. on the program again. All right, brother. Great so having bye. you as always. Until next time. Paul McGuire.us. Right. 
PaulMcGuire.us is his website. Creator his book, A Prophecy of the Future oh, of America, yeah, 2016, 2017. And uh, folks who've listened to the show for a while, his original Prophecy of the Future of America was one of uh, my favorite books that I've ever read in the field of prophecy, minus the Bible, obviously. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what he's what he's got. Speaking of books, I, 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 oh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow our very special guest will be Ted Brower tomorrow. Yep. And but speaking of books, let me just relay this to our audience. You I, got one minute and forty seconds. Okay, I'll take a minute and thirty-eight. Uh, I, I kind of messed up. Okay, I, folks, you know I've got the book uh, stained by blood out. It was at the conference. I sold out in the, the first ninety minutes of what I what I had. Well, you know, you know me, right? I screwed up. I submitted the wrong proof. So the people that got the books, uh, you got the ones with the mistakes in them. Okay, so uh, it's down on Amazon right now. It should be back up in the morning. And they're not that, so just, like, uh, it's not like pages are rearranged or paragraphs no, no, are missing. No, it's it's just, a little punctuation here. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. So just, folks, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry. It actually broke into the, the top 100 uh, books uh, in the in the genre that it was classified in uh, until I until I realized the error and well, once they put the down. title together with the author name, don't worry, it won't <laughs> it won't go nowhere. <laughs> it won't, it's gonna just die, right? Uh, but but uh, you should have so, really so, written that under a ghost author title. So yeah, anyone who's gone to and, and I've gotten emails, hey, I've gone to Amazon. What happened to your book? Because they're selling for a hundred bucks used copies. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just just hold on. You know, tomorrow uh, probably I, I think tomorrow morning it'll be back up. Uh, uh, so just just hang loose. It'll, we'll take care of it. It was just a, one of those things. You know me. You know, okay. it could be the, the, the amount of demand. I was surprised to see how, how uh, well you did at the conference with the book sales. Well, you don't believe in me, no, right? No, I, I do, but it's just, um, I mean, uh, J.D. did a great job on the cover. The title make, is very interesting, and I've read portions of the book in the past, which was a different book that never was published. Well, and if it's half as interesting as that, this will be great. But this is all about—I mean—the murder of my uncle. But it has the Russ Dizdar. Inf- I mean, look. Yeah. You, you got to understand if you're interested in in the dark side the of dark, things. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad, folks. If I can say so myself. Ted Brewer tomorrow. Ted Brewer, right on. All Until right. then, God bless. Stay safe. Have a good night. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>